Real spoilers powered by ReviewSTL.com. Warning, the following film discussion will ruin the ending of any movie you haven't seen. Example, Bruce Willis is dead at the end of The Sixth Sense. See how I ruined it for you? Just like that. Here are a few more. Silent breed is people! Real spoilers. You've been warned. Broadcasting from a radioactive bunker deep inside the bracket compound, this is Real Spoilers, episode 349.5. A milestone. A milestone. So there it is. If you haven't noticed already, we've said it seven times, but this is a .5 episode. Uh, This is Kevin. I am joined by Joe. and good. Hey, we're here to talk about uh, a little award show called The Oscars. Yeah, yeah. It's I I have a love hate relationship with award shows because I think they're subjective and not subjective by the right people. Well, here's but, the, you know, I mean, I I totally get what you're saying too. So I have a love hate with it. I like it for the show, and I always tell people if you enjoy the show, if you enjoy the jokes, and you like to see celebrities, you know, up there talking, and maybe some give some good speeches, whatever. Watch the show; it's entertaining. But the yeah. thing is, if your favorite film of the year isn't nominated, if your favorite film of the year doesn't win, it doesn't matter. It, it, no, it doesn't matter to you at all. No. And I, that, that's where I take umbrage, if you will. A Dolores umbrage from Harry Potter? Oh, yes. Very good. <laughs> the problem is, is like they when they nominate these films, the only reason I would have seen any of them, uh, with the exception of this year, uh, is because we do the podcast and like those the movies that are nominated just don't I don't I'm not interested in them. Um, yeah, and it and so yeah. if it wins an award or not, I mean, it doesn't matter to you in particular. And I, sure, you know, sure. I mean, I understand for someone who, for someone not us, but someone who's been an actor and they've worked their entire life and they love the craft and they've probably taken a lot of roles that don't pay well. Of course, there's the people out there like Mark Wahlberg that can get paid 1.5 million a second, as we all know he does. <laughs> but you know, for there's a lot of people. As long out, as he donates it, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he right. definitely has to donate it all, but he makes it. <laughs> And so those people out there that have worked their whole lives and have taken these roles that pay hardly nothing, but, you know, they're character actors, they just love film, you know, it's great to get an award and to be recognized for your work. It's fantastic and good for them. There's also, there's also a level of prestige that comes with it. Sure. And I totally, I'm totally with that. I get it. Uh, And like, there are some people that on this list for this this year in particular, um, that we said deserves to get nominated and did. Right. Maybe there might be some that didn't get nominated and some people believe that they should. But there are some interesting choices that got made this year uh, that I'm kind of excited about. Yeah, so let's just go through the list. I'm going to start at the bottom and work work our way up to the top here. I think this is how they were announced. Uh, Did you watch the announcement stuff at all? No. Andy Serkis and uh, no. <laughs> Tiffany Haddish, you know. It, it, I don't know. I don't know who that last person is. Yeah, it, she's from uh, that uh, girls, is it Girls Trip? Girls Night? Girls. Oh! It got made like uh, $6 billion, she's, I think. She has blown up recently. I don't get it. I, I don't know uh, where. I don't know. She was on SNL. I know. I think she just sold out. Uh, maybe the pageant here in St. Louis. Oh, she's huge. I don't know where she came from, but all of a I sudden, I think she's a stand-up comic. Okay, okay. Um, I, 
I don't get it personally. And again, it's just like the Oscars, whether or not you care, maybe your movie's not on there. Uh, if you like Tiffany Haddish, if you think she's funny, that's great. But so we talked about Girls Trip on the podcast for like, yeah. it was every week for like 10 weeks or something. It, it was, was up the new, there. It was the new My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Yeah, it just, it, it hung on. It made a ton of money. And so this is what I did. Seriously, like I went out and I bought this movie, Sight Unseen. I had Did no, you really? I had no idea what it was about. I heard the buzz. I saw how much money it made. People raving and ranting about it. I bought the movie, so you can't give me crap for not giving it a shot. Did you like it? No, I hated it. <laughs> so, and then and then I go on Twitter, and, you know, shortly after I watched it, and someone said something about, oh, I haven't seen this movie yet, and a couple people said, oh yeah, it's really funny, oh it's the best, and I replied on there. I said, you know what? I don't get it. I started. I had to turn it off. I thought it was so bad. And then is, this, is it is it one night at McCool's? Like, is that the basis of it, or is it just like the Hangover for women? I don't think I. You know what? I don't know. I didn't stick with it because wasn't there wasn't there a Scarlett Johansson movie that was kind of like the same thing, but it was more like I don't know, like they were trying to cover up a, a dead body or something. Yeah, that sounds vaguely familiar. I don't. Okay. I, I couldn't tell, and I don't think it's officially supposed to be any kind of remake or whatnot. Now they could have borrowed, but I had to turn it off. I didn't think it was funny. I thought the humor was really stupid. It was a lot of like dumb, you know, fart jokes, that kind of thing. It just it was not the type of humor I like. I don't care that but it's, you didn't like bridesmaids, right? Or did you? I didn't like bridesmaids. That okay. I didn't. Okay. I didn't hate it. I thought, you know, it had its moments. I didn't love it. I thought it was over overhyped. But sure. here's the deal, though. So, like, it's not that it's women. It's not that, it, it, you know, it's a black movie, quote unquote. It's nothing like that. Bad Moms, for example. I thought Bad Moms was hilarious. That's an all-female yeah, cast. Really it's a comedy, you know? So my point is, though, is that as soon as you say something like, you know, oh, I didn't like this movie, people jump on the, oh, you don't like it because it's women. Oh, you don't like it because it's black. And that is preposterous it's ridiculous here's what i will here's what i will say about that and what and the upcoming black panther is oh i bought seven tickets to that already so did you really yeah oh i cannot wait it's looking like a hundred million oh easily easily there's more buzz about that than any marvel movie i've ever heard people talk about. yes i agree i think that and captain marvel are going to be two massive looking movies um i think there is not much like the medea stuff uh, there is not a uh, big studio African-American-centric movie. And when they put the money behind the movie, they get the talent on screen, and they deliver, and they deliver something that's really good, people are going to come out to see it. Sure. You know, and I think that's where we are with, what was it called, Girls' Night Out? I think it's called Girls' Trip. Girls' Trip. I think Black Panther is the same. Black Panther, uh, I think, is unprecedented because it's an all-black cast. I think it's a a, a black – Ryan Coogler is directing it, the guy that directed Creed and Fruitville Station. Uh, unfortunately, not coming back for Creed 2. Gotcha. Oh, great movies, uh, by the way. Uh, fantastic. Oh, yeah, fantastic. Fruitvale Station is so good. That's the first time I think I ever saw Michael B. Jordan. Really? It's the first you time. You Chronicle? Uh, no, I, I own it. I still have not to this day because I think that's, everyone talks about Max Landis and that's is one hit wonder and any such. It, a, it is like it's it, it's the it's a perfect storm of Max Landis and Josh Trank. Yes, and it's so Josh Trank. So it's <laughs> it's like so okay. You sit down. And you tell me, hey, there's this movie Chronicle. It's really cool. High school kids get powers. Whatever. Uh, directed by Josh Josh Fantastic Four Trank <laughs> and Max. You know just crazy Max, uh, what, was, what was that uh <laughs> what was that really bad one with um american american ultra ultra 
Landis. Well, and Bright, like he also yeah. wrote Bright. Max uh, remake of uh, what was it? Is it American, American Werewolf? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. So anyway, I haven't seen it yet, but yeah, uh, Black Panther is going. It, from what it looks, it's going to be amazing. Oh, it's going to be ridiculous. Yeah, I'm. I'm but there. that's what I'm saying is like when the African American community has a film that they can get behind, and it's very good. It's you know they're going to put their money behind it because there's not a lot out there for them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I totally get it. And so the the thing is, if if you enjoy the movie, my whole point was if you enjoy the people, enjoy the movie, that's great. And I'm not trying to take anything away for you, but everybody's allowed to say they don't like a movie without being jumped on saying. But also, you're not saying you don't <laughs> like it based on the actresses of or. Course, yeah, of course not. But you're you're basing you what we what we do on real spoilers is we base it on the film itself. I don't like Tom Cruise. I think Tom Cruise sucks. But I can at least enjoy a Mission Impossible movie. So anyway, we'll move on from this. But the whole point yes. is that I just couldn't believe it. It's like you, you just can't say. I mean, as soon as I said something like, I didn't think this was funny. It was like, oh, here we go. It's Ghostbusters all over. It's like, are you serious? <laughs> like, okay, I see a lot of movies and, you know, by a lot of different people that look sure, different, sure. from different backgrounds, whatever. And it's like, don't tell me that I didn't like it for a reason that you're making up, right? Right, right, right. All right. So 2018 Oscar nominations. Yes. Let's get into these bad boys here so original screenplay the big sick get out ladybird the shape of water three billboards outside ebbing missouri that's tough i think the big sick was wonderful so good i loved the big sick um if you haven't had the opportunity to see that i cannot recommend that enough mm-hmm. uh camille nunjami and um fortunately i don't remember the actress's name but it is basically the story of how he uh met his wife and like they're courtship i guess and it is awkward and it's funny and it's sad and uh yeah it's a really man that's a good movie yeah it's really cool so yeah uh, his real life wife emily v gordon who co-wrote the movie with him uh it's just got like you just got like a producing gig with something really yeah i don't remember what it was well, well, it's... something big. It was a big deal. Like she got some big, big deal. Well, the movie should be a big deal. Uh, I, I would say if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. Uh, it yeah. didn't. It didn't get nominated for as many things as I would have liked, and we'll get into that. But original screenplay. Glad to see it up there. The question is, I mean, it's up against some big movies. You're talking. I mean, yeah. Get out got the nod, which is nice. Uh, yep. you know, it's a movie from the beginning of 2017. A lot of people forget that was 2017. That was the one I was hoping would get one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so it's on there a couple of times. And then, yeah, you've got Lady Bird, Shape of Water, and Three Billboards. Those are going to be three movies that are going to be tough in any category to beat. Yeah, that. Uh, you know, the, we are the only ones apparently that didn't like Shape of Water here it, on Real Spoilers. Oddest, it's the oddest thing <laughs> that the entire world can be in love with it. Us three saw it, yeah. not together. Saw it sep- we <laughs> saw it independently of each other. We didn't tell each other what we thought about it. Not, we did not talk we came one... together like it was... <laughs> yeah, not one word about it. And then we no. get together and all had the same... It's just bizarre. Uh, but but uh, we should mention 13 Oscar nominations leading the race with the most nominations this year. Shape yeah. of Water. I mean, all right. Uh, I don't, you know... Now, Golden Globes, if you know, if we do use the Golden Globes, they're not always right, but often they can be pretty close. And uh, you know, we've got uh, three billboards cleaning up the Golden Globes. Yeah. So, uh, if that's any indicator, which that, that's another one that deserves every all of the accolades. Like that was 
that was a, that was an amazing flick as well. I will say my number one movie of the year, Lady Bird. My number two, Three Billboards. I've yet to see it, unfortunately. So good. So I mean, I, I'll tell you what: if Lady Bird wins, that's great. If Three Billboards wins, that's great. Um, you know, I think they're both outstanding films. So we'll have to see what happens there. Um, I I I don't know the the Golden Globe started off with Three Billboards, and then all the other award shows I think are starting to lean towards Lady Bird. And yeah. because of the political climate, of course, we had the Oscars so white thing a couple of years ago. Um, now I think there's some really neat stuff happening with Greta Gerwig being a female director, uh, you know, oh, I see, and, I a, see. and a writer. Uh, of course, the movie centered around a woman, a young woman played by uh, Saoirse Ronan, who's fantastic. Um, you know, I, I think that it could lean that way, and I think it would make a statement that's very important right now. So, but do you but do you give somebody the win based on the current climate? Or do you give somebody the win based on the quality of the work? Well, I will say... And I'm not saying that, that it's either or for Lady Bird. I'm sure. just saying... Well, I think that's the perfect storm. I, the thing is, I mean, I, when I saw Lady Bird a few months ago, I fell in love with it. It's my favorite sure. movie of the year. Uh, nothing political about it. I didn't go into it going, geez, I hope because Greta Gerwig... Gerwig is a woman and she wrote it and directed it. I sure do hope it went, you know, I went and saw and I love it. And I think it is the caliber to where if it wins, it's not a, it's not a statement, you know, but it, but it also is one, right? It's it's a deserved movie that is making a statement. So I don't, I wouldn't necessarily want to vote on something just to make a statement, but you have to remember the Academy is voted on by the peers. So, uh, you know, the categories are voted on by other people in the industry for that category. I'm with you. So, you know, do, does Hollywood like to make a political statement? Uh, uh, is Schwarzenegger hard to spell? Yeah, exactly. So do I have yeah. to do I have to censor that, or did you? No, I don't. I think it's a good. Okay. Um, yeah. So, but now you've got uh, the Shape of Water, you know, leading the pack with the most nominations. Mm-hmm. You have a guy Guillermo del Toro, who for twenty five years has been making films, and uh, you know, very highly revered in the fan community. Uh, you know, yeah, so... he's definitely he's definitely like that Peter Jackson kind of nerd level. Um crossover director yeah um so i it's it's just hard to say it's hard to say uh adapted screenplay so now uh you've got call me by your name the disaster artist logan which that's a big one uh putting logan in there you know nominated for an oscar that's huge uh so logan molly's game and mudbound did you get a chance to check out mudbound no what is that so mudbound is a netflix film and oh. it uh, it played in theaters, of course, so it could qualify for the Oscars. Uh, it's getting a lot of good buzz. Uh, it's on Netflix, of course. It's so accessible, and and uh, so I should have seen it by now. I have not. Uh, but there's there's some interesting history in the making here. So Netflix okay. tweeted out on January 23rd after the nominations: some powerful artists making Oscar noms history today in 90 years of the Academy. Rachel Morrison of Mudbound movie. Mudbound is the only woman ever to be nominated for cinematography. Really? How crazy is that? That in 90 years, this is the first female cinematographer to ever be nominated for an Oscar. That's insane. I, that's interesting. I mean, well, how many female cinematographers? Well, I guess there's probably a bunch out there. We just never know. Sure. Is hear about it? Is the number probably a small fraction of? And I think that's why most awards. Uh, it has nothing to do with quality or deservingness of of these right. women. That, but it's it's a it's a percentage game, right? 
Uh, now, most would argue that there's also less chances being given. Uh, so, you know, that needs I to be see that. Hollywood. I mean, I, I could see, I could see the argument for sure. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's problems on either side, and we're not here to get political. But the great nope. the great thing about this is is that now we have the first woman to ever be nominated in cinematography. So, d- the question is now: Do they make a statement with this? I'm not saying whether or not she's deserving because I I haven't seen the film. But you have Roger Deakins, the man who has never won an Oscar for Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. So, so do you give it, do you finally give it to Roger Deakins? And Blade Runner 2049 is a beautiful, beautiful movie. Uh, Man, it's, that is, um, I saw that at one of the smaller, like, art house theaters. Yeah. And I was blown away. Yeah. Uh, Because he's able, like, in that, in Blade Runner, like, the first one has a distinct look uh, that has been copied. You know, we talk about, um, movies being copied the that that look for blade runner has been copied by almost everybody at this point and he's able to capture the same look but also turn it up a little bit like that scene where they go i think they go to like san francisco or wherever harrison ford spoilers wherever harrison ford is like when spoilers uh, harrison ford is in the movie harrison sorry ford everyone is in this movie sorry, yeah, sorry. <laughs> didn't mean to spoil it um like that's a beautiful scene or the scene in the water at oh the very end. Like, it's unbelievable. Yeah. So, you know, so that's the question. So we'll get to cinematography when we get there. But uh, this this woman, Rachel Morrison, congratulations to her. That's a, that's a huge sure. achievement. Uh, director D. Reese made a point of hiring all female department heads for the film's crew. So uh, this oh. this woman made it a point on Mudbound to hire females for this film. Okay. Uh, okay. Their third tweet, Mary J. Blige, who plays Florence Jackson in Mudbound, is also the first person of any gender to be nominated for Best Supporting and Best Original Song in the same year. That's an interesting... Is that right? So she did some music on the film, and so now she's Best Supporting Actress and nominated for the film. So, oh, well, good for or that. Or for the song in the film, so that's cool. Yeah. Uh, Virgil Williams co-wrote the screenplay with Dee Reese, who is the first black woman to be nominated for Adapted Screenplay. She's the only... She's. Hey only the second black woman in history to be nominated in either screenplay category after Suzanne to pass in 1972. So again, That's crazy. Isn't that nuts? First, first black woman to be nominated for adapted ever 90 years yeah. in history. So it's, it's one of those things like, you know, we've been doing this for so like, obviously I've been watching movies since I was a kid and I just feel like that in the, in my 35 years on this planet, that a uh, either an, a black woman or a woman in general <laughs> has never been nominated. That's you would, insane. You would think, right? Yeah, right, right. Uh, it's crazy, and I think that's why people are so are saying that Hollywood needs to change because it is crazy. But you have to remember that we're living in a world. This 2018 is so advanced and f- has come so far from. I mean, think about women getting the right to vote i mean it wasn't that long ago sure sure you know so we live in a society where we're used to things like that and and obviously rights voting uh women ceos you know powerful women in powerful positions and things like that but the academy for 90 years and especially for most of its time being headed by you know men and 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 an older crowd these guys in the academy definitely an old boys club if you will it is and so things 
things, it's time for change, and that's certainly true. But uh, you know, we look at it from a totally different perspective than those folks. So we do. Uh, that's true. So we'll be interested to see what happens here. Uh, yeah. Moving on here, Yance Ford, who directed Strong Island documentary, is also the first trans directed director ever to be nominated for an Oscar. So oh, okay, that, okay, it's interesting history in the making here. Yeah. Uh, then they go on to say a couple other points. They wanted to recognize the wonderful On Body and Soul, nominated for Best Foreign Language Film. It previously won Berlin's Golden Bear, which is the equivalent to the Best Picture at Berlin. Um, oh. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if that's a Netflix production or not. Um, and they go on to name a couple of other movies that they, they like here. So, uh, okay. but, but Mudbound, that's one that I would say you need to see i'm gonna go ahead and watch it soon here so i know what everything is you know yeah now that now that i know it's on netflix i'll definitely give it a look absolutely once i'm done watching drag me to hell but you know (laughs) there you go (laughs) so history in the making right there with mudbound so very interesting this we'll see what happens with adapted screenplay but logan i think that's the that's the dark horse in the race there that's uh that's an interesting interesting i wonder how they determine it to be adapted screenplay well I mean, it, anything. But you know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, I guess they could say that it's sort of based on Old Man Logan. Well, you know what I mean? Well, the way it works, you know, Toy Story 2 is an adapted screenplay. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, it's not based on any other material, but it's a sequel, so it's uh, automatically oh, adapted. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So, Logan, just the fact that it's based on characters and so much material, it's it right, becomes right, right, right. Original, okay. original means Ladybird. Ladybird, you know, three billboards. That is get not. Right, yeah. Right, you're, right. Get it. You got it. It's not based on anything. So, moving on to visual effects Blade Runner 2049, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Kong Skull Island, Star Wars The Last. Jedi war for the planet of the apes I mean it's <laughs> I, I have no idea no, like, they're all no idea uh, I will say if a Star Wars movie is going to win an Oscar it's probably going to be visual effects right um, I mean it could win score that's true that's true very fair just you know you don't see a lot of like uh you know uh mark hamill for best actor star wars you know it's just he's great but you just don't see that but what you might see is visual effects so uh, yeah that's that's where it i mean that's where the star wars movies live or die no that's not true well, for awards, for awards. True. That's what they live or die. Now, another interesting thing here, the Planet of the Apes movies, we've been saying it since the first film, uh, but this is the third and final film in this trilogy, and those special effects, that CGI in those movies is incredible. It is next level. You know, we talked about Jungle Book um, and the last two. Like, it's weird. If you look at the, the, the transitions between, what was it? dawn rise and war is yeah. that right yeah um they progressively got better and the so first one wasn't by the time bad we get to by the time we get to war i mean those the monkeys and the gorilla <clears throat> the chimps the gorillas the orangutans like it, you can't tell yeah i the, like the you, close you up think they, you think they trained these monkeys Right, right. Uh, apes. Uh, Planet of the Apes is the movie. So I, I mean, sorry, apes. Oh, don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Were you watching the Asylum version, A War for the Planet of the I Monkeys, <laughs> the whole time? Were you going to Battle for the Planet of the Monkeys? <laughs> were you going to the uh, last blockbuster in Alaska to rent those Asylum Man, versions? Yeah, I would do it too. <laughs> so when you see those close-ups, though, like Caesar's face in that last movie. Yeah, the it, wrinkles and like the the lines around his eyes, or even his eyes in general. Yeah, um, his nose, his teeth, his like, the way his mouth moves. It is 
it is unbelievable how much time and effort they put into that. Yeah. Is someone it's, is someone who is taken out of a movie by CGI, someone that I you sure. know, if I see too much of it, I just it completely loses me. Those movies are entirely those characters are entirely CGI. And I yeah. will tell you, it just doesn't even bother me. I, I don't even go, oh look, that looks fake. I mean it just blends in. It's perfect. Yeah, and it, and honestly like if Matt Reeves can do that with what a hundred actors, like mm-hmm. two main actors, can you imagine what he's able to do with Batman? Yeah, you know, you I, know, I, when I think about Justice League and how you know, I always, I always love watching movies even like that for just the Batman parts. But right. so, some of that stuff when you see Batman oh, and, and that CGI, you know, fake movement type stuff, ugh. Right. Yeah, we need Matt Reeves on that. Let's get it. Yeah, and it, yeah. you know, and we we won't have Ben Affleck, so that's fine. It'll be interesting. So anybody's game there, but I would not be upset with War winning just because that. No, I think I, that's a, it's a, it's a spoil of riches for visual effects. It is, and and, and actually, if you t- if you go look through our the real spoilers feed, we covered all those movies. There you go. So. Yeah, every last one of them. There should be an episode for them. There you go. Go get them. So moving on to sound mixing and sound editing. So sound mixing, we've got Baby Driver, Blade Runner, Dunkirk, The Shape of Water, Star Wars. So that's, yeah. uh, you know, I have to say, I'm going to say probably Dunkirk on that one. That would that's, be my that's guess. That's what they're going to do. I, I mean, I think I personally would probably go with Baby Driver. Like that movie, as much as I wasn't a huge fan of that movie, it sounded good. Oh, you can't watch that movie anymore. Why? Well, until they do the plumber cut. Oh. <laughs> 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 Who are they going to put? Where are they going to put him in there? Oh, Spacey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Edgar, Edgar, Edgar Wright is somebody that you know could and would do that just for. <laughs> You know, uh, the you know, all kidding aside, the movie is so much fun. I loved Baby Driver, uh, but you know, I I think even though I'm not a fan of Dunkirk as as a story, uh, I'm not a fan of the confusion of the right. uh, the you know confusing characters and and learning nothing about the event from the film. But I will say, as far as a war simulation goes, I mean, it looks good, it sounds good. Uh, technically, Christopher Nolan is—he's a genius. Uh, he is a genius. Like I—I I may not like all of his movies, but they look all of good. his movies have a distinct look. They all have a different feel. Honestly, like I don't think, with the exception of the Batman stuff, all of his movies are different. Like I—you I, can't—he's one of those directors where he has a visual style, but he's able to adapt that style to different genre movies bingo he's not stuck just making heist movies or just making right. superhero movies he right yeah absolutely so uh you've got those same what's fi- your favorite nolan flick uh the prestige yeah good call okay love that movie so much i think i i, I go with the dark knight just based on sure but the prestige oh man such a, it's so such a good great- I, if you haven't seen the prestige uh it's uh christian bale and hugh jackman uh yep. michael Caine's in there uh it's about magicians it's it's uh yeah it's so it, good it's weird it came out the same time as the illusionist i know which, with edward norton and <laughs> yeah which isn't like i like that movie it's not as good as the prestige yeah um but it's funny how like you know great minds and uh 
and whatnot. Yeah, it's bizarre. So anyway, uh, go see that movie. But I'm going to say Dunkirk's probably going to win it for this. Uh, You have the same five movies for sound editing. So I don't know what the difference. What's the difference then? Well, so like editing would be, you know, they're very similar. But uh, you've got the mixing is how you mix in the sounds with the other sounds and music and with the movie. Editing, editing would be how you edit the sounds into, you know, very similar categories. Uh, but mixing them together is like creating sounds and mixing them all together. Editing okay. is where you put the sounds. Um, so I think they could give those. To, it's so you could give two different movies awards, pretty much. That's uh, fair. Not to undermine, if there's some sound mixers that are like feuding with the editors out there, I don't want right. to say you're doing the same thing. But uh, for the layman, they're pretty similar. <laughs> you're doing the same thing, yeah. basically. Live action. Almost like when you call an inker a, a tracer oh. in comics. That's kind of the... <laughs> okay, uh, is it Banky? <laughs> uh, yes. No, no, no. It's uh, wait. Isn't it Banky? Yeah, it is Banky. Yeah. 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 I was thinking Brody, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, so uh, live action short film. Uh, I doubt that any of us nope. have. Yeah. So uh, you know, this is this is where we need Spath because I guarantee you. Oh boy. <laughs> well, I just mean like since he since he goes through sure. uh, the St. Louis Film Festival, he sees all this like you know. Sure, sure. He uh, sees all this stuff. So we can't make a decision here, but to give them their credence, DeKalb Elementary, the Eleven O'clock, my nephew Emmett, the Silent Child, and Watu Wot slash all of us. Okay. So uh, uh, good luck, gentlemen you know, and weird. ladies. That, I feel like those are movies that maybe should be released on YouTube or something. You know, or maybe like Netflix signs a deal where they ex- they can exclusively um, show that stuff because it's I, I mean I feel like for the common per- especially here in St. Louis where we're not a massive film market you know we're not L A we're not New York we're not Texas right how do you see these movies we don't have right exactly yeah. that's what I'm saying so like it would be kind of smart for Hulu Netflix I don't know Amazon to maybe sign some sort of deal where they will be able to show like the animated short live action, the animated short film, stuff like that, that maybe would have a hard time getting to smaller markets. Certainly, certainly. And same with animated short film. We've got deer basketball, garden party, Lou negative space and revolting rhymes. Do they revolving? Oh, uh, it says revolting, revolting Revolting rhymes. The, the, the font on my computer is itty bitty. Now negative Um, is negative space, a Pixar one, negative space. So the, the last, the last Pixar short that I remember is the, is lost and found. Okay. Right. Like that was the one with the lost and found box. You know, I I can't. Yeah, I guess that one didn't get it. Negative Space sounds familiar, but I guess it's not a Pixar one. Uh, it's uh, co-directed by Max Porter and Rue Kawata. It is an adaptation of a poem by Ron Cork. They're really trying to screw me up here with these names. Uh, Ron K. I'm pretty familiar with his work. I just call him Ron K. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. You guys are on that level? Yeah. Right the poem's tale yep. about a boy who connects with his father by learning to pack a suitcase touched each of the filmmakers in different ways. Uh, really neat looking stop motion animation type film uh yeah i would like to check it out so uh i don't notice the any of the other ones on that list being Uh, uh like a before a disney movie or before a pixar so yeah i think i'm pretty so the what was the last disney movie what was the disney animated one we had this year um it it wasn't coco that was pixar coco's pixar uh, moana would be so i think lost and found was probably before moana 
Oh, that's what it is. Yep, lost and found is when they go to the uh, the school and there's a lost yes. and found box. Yes. Yeah, they, they've got the bully and stuff, and that makes sense. Uh, I'm like, yeah. how do they? Yeah, how do they not nominate that though? I feel like I. I that's a good question. Maybe they. I mean, that's the problem. I think you know Disney has become the Disney animated shorts have become like the. Of course, they're good. Right. That's you know what I mean. Like they've, now, they've sure. been. They've always been good. So we just expect them to be, and maybe that's the way the Academy feels at this point, where it's just like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Or some you know? tough competition. Maybe check out the there other is, ones. Yeah. yeah, if you can yeah. find them. Production design. So uh, this one, uh, you know, The Shape of Water is in here. Again, you've got Dunkirk, Darkest Hour, Blade Runner 2049, and Beauty and the Beast. Yep. The, see, now we're getting into the, into the uh, categories that I don't care. Like, these are the... I don't care about categories. So I'll list them. <laughs> I'll, I'll list these and yell out one that you think will win. What do you think? Production okay. design. I, I mean, Go for I, I would say, I mean, The Shape of Water, as much as I don't like the story, I talked about it has a Bioshock type feel. I love those yeah. games. Um, I think it looked really good. You've got Blade Runner, which looked amazing. And then Beauty and the Beast. I mean, I think they did a fantastic job bringing that to life with production. Uh, I, I feel like it would probably, I mean... They all are amazing flicks, but Beauty and the Beast, I feel like, already had a template. Sure. So maybe that gets knocked off the list. I feel like um, Blade Runner is the same way, where they already had something to work with. Sure. Um, it's like adapted. So maybe Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, <laughs> and The Shape of Water are coming from a more original and creative stand. Not to say that the other two aren't creative, but sure. they're kind of just copying what the one did before them. Yeah, it's impressive, but I can see where the Academy would go, hey, Shape of Water, you invented this world from your imagination, and it's incredible right. looking. Right, uh, right. So I'm going to say Shape. And I guess Dunkirk's in the same boat. Like, the places in Dunkirk already exist. Well, no, they so were on the just... battlefield. The boats just came later when they... Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> That's fair. I didn't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, you know, who knows who's going to win there. Um, so moving on uh, to documentary features. So uh, I did not see a lot of these, but there is one no. called Abacus. So I just have to oh, say, yeah. <laughs> uh, I believe it's a, That's a given. That, I believe right? it's a company name. I don't think it's about an Abacus, but we're going to pretend like it is. So you've got well, fair enough. The, we can do it. You've I'm got you. the Abacus documentary, the story of real spoilers, which is great. Um <laughs> Faces, Places, Icarus, Last Men in Aleppo, and Strong Island. I feel like Last Men in Aleppo I have heard about. Let's take a look. Last Men in Aleppo. Uh, PBS.org has yeah, it listed. I feel like somebody was talking about, I don't know. Spath, probably. Wrong. It probably was. <laughs> so uh, anybody's game there. Documentary short subject. Edith and Eddie. Heaven is a traffic jam on the 405 heroin with an e with parentheses yeah. around it so uh heroin's a drug and heroin is a you know yeah uh oh maybe they're just accentuating or maybe it's yeah. both it could be a That's woman thinking, it could be both. drug dealer who's a hero uh right. so or or she overcame her addiction there you go Knife yeah. knife skills, I mean, that sounds fantastic. Cha-cha. And traffic stop. So good yeah. luck. This is it's another one that I feel like these should be on one of those streaming services and people can get a chance to see them. Otherwise I don't think the common person is going to be able to see it. Sure. I mean, even us who we see so many movies, uh, I don't know where I would have the chance to see these personally. Right. 
film editing, Baby Driver, right there on top. Uh, yeah. maybe alphabetical, but wow, there's there's some great editing going on in that movie. That's what I'm. I mean, those driving right scenes. Bat, that's the one I'm gonna think I'm gonna say it's gonna be. Yeah. Uh, some tough. I, I mean, Dunkirk. I would say that yeah. should lose film editing because I I really think they did a terrible <laughs> job editing that movie. Uh, but uh, that's just me. I Tanya, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards. Uh, yeah, I think it, it, Baby Driver. So, if you have seen, and most, I think most people who who listen to this podcast uh, have seen most of Edgar Wright's stuff. He definitely has a distinct. His editing style reminds, as I, I've actually been watching a lot of Sam Raimi just recently. Yeah. Um, his editing style reminds me a lot of Sam Raimi. Hmm. Uh, the quick cuts, um, you know, like the scene in Shaun of the Dead where he's flushing the toilet, brushing his teeth, putting on his name badge, like just all of that stuff. And he has been able to take that style and uh, I can't think of the word, but maybe um, razzle dazzle that style has matured and it's, it's fit better into a big budget movie like baby driver. So it's uh, to me, like that movie is one hell of a good looking movie. Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, I haven't seen Itanya yet. I've been dying to see oh, that, but it's I so, seen it yet. so good. Go um, see Itanya, everybody. Uh, if you don't, I don't care if you watch figure skating during the Olympics or whatever. Everybody does, knows that story. Doesn't that's, matter. It's that story is on the level of Carrie Strug spraining her ankle. Oh yeah, at the '96 Olympics. Yeah, with uh, Papa like Bella. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Oh, so so good. So yeah, go watch that. Uh but yeah, Edgar Wright has a distinct style. It's fantastic. Uh his films have some great editing. So I think I would tend to say that one, but yeah. I, I don't know if it's gonna be a shape of water or three billboard cleanup. Uh that's the problem is I think that they're gonna you can edit me if you want, they're gonna jerk off to Shape of Water, um and I Dunkirk maybe. Three billboards I feel like is on that like What's the name of that director? Martin McDonough. Yeah. Like, he has been floating under the... Like, he... His flicks never really got any traction outside of, like, film nerds. This is certainly his most popular. You've got In Bruges. You have Seven Psychopaths, which I I liked both I those movies. I love Seven Psychopaths. It's, it's so good. Uh, I always think of that Harry Dean Stanton clip in the movie <laughs> when he's the yeah. old Quaker that's standing outside. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and I don't want to ruin it for anyone, but I just love that uh, he's one of the seven. So good. Yes. Uh, but this is certainly his most popular. Uh, I mean, critically, uh, awards-wise, this is getting the most buzz. Uh, he's a playwright as well. He did a play called The Pillow Man, which is excellent. Oh, is that right? Uh, yeah, so the guy is talented. He's, he's a good writer, and uh, I would like to see him win some awards here. But there is some tough competition. So There is. It's, 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 uh, it is definitely tough to get through all of that hard to say so moving on to foreign language film i don't think i've seen any of these but uh, nope. you've got a fantastic woman uh the insult loveless on body and soul and the square yeah, so, right. good. yeah. good for all of them congratulations to everybody that got there nominated. you go yeah i would love to be nominated for an oscar no matter yeah, what, you know i mean just because yeah. we haven't seen it obviously doesn't mean that it's it's not worth anything just we can't comment on it so well yeah it's also like i said our market is smaller here sure. in town yeah so you know it's hard to get some of this stuff there you go uh makeup and hairstyling now this is an interesting one i they usually only limit this to a few people which is really strange but you have the darkest hour or darkest hour i should say victoria right. and abdul and you have wonder so makeup and hairstyling why don't you have beauty and the beast in there for those because they're over in, they're in costume design 
Right, but you but still... But I agree. You know. I, I think, what do you consider... So to me, I think shape. this is where Shape of Water should win. Um, yeah, I mean, makeup. Why, yeah. why wouldn't Beauty it? and the Beast should be nominated here. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't know. This is what I'm talking about. The Academy, like these, some of these don't make any sense. Yeah. I mean, Beauty and the Beast, no. that opening scene is not, it's not from the cartoon. It's not adapted. So they, nope. they give a backstory to the prince where in the cartoon, it's like, yeah, there was a prince and he was a little piece of crap and he rejected an old lady <laughs> and boom, here we go. Beauty and the Beast. And you know, there goes the baker and, and you know, and, but they give right. like five minutes in the new movie to this elaborate dance and they go to show how, you know, petulant and, and whiny and, and entitled this prince is and, all the costumes and makeup and the wigs and hair. I mean, it is a fantastic looking scene. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's more in the movie, but I mean, the whole town, all those people there. But, you know, just for that scene, why don't they get a makeup and hairstyling nod? I, I, I don't. And it's weird because you look at the, how many people are, are like how many categories are or films are in all of these categories and makeup and hairstyling is only three. Yeah, it's. They, and I'm thinking maybe they at like this is a category where they can allow another film to get an award where if they lump everything together, there's no shot, yeah. right? Like the shape of water and beauty and the beast, even the darkest, even darkest hour with the makeup on, um, on old men, on old men. Yeah. Like that's another level. Yeah. I, I like don't, you don't, you don't see makeup like that anymore. That's why I have a feeling that's going to be it. Right. Uh, well, it's tough because like that suit, the suit in Shape of Water is amazing. Yeah. And the beast and, you know, all that stuff. A suit's in, costume, in it's not makeup, it's a suit, you know? Right. They like, don't... Well, it's, I mean, like, you. everybody on this that listens to the show knows how I feel about traditional makeup. Sure. Like, Kevin doesn't like uh, CGI. Mm-hmm. I like old school monster makeup. Yeah. And the beast is that, like... Is what there was no CG on his face at all. Um, are you talking? You're talking about Beauty and the Beast, or yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was Dan Stevens did motion capture like Andy Serkis does. So okay. they instead of doing a costume that is all CG, but it's that oh. it's that motion capture. So it's very detailed, every facial okay. movement. You know, so that's some advanced stuff going on there. Well, then to me, it comes down to Shape of Water. When we, we'll get to that one. When we get to that one. Yeah, I what I'm. What I would say here is, you know, we talked about snubs and we haven't quite gotten to many snubs yet, but uh, let's talk about one very specific film that's missing from this list. Makeup, let's. Uh, makeup and hairstyling. How about uh, All the Money in the World where yeah. they transformed uh, originally Kevin Spacey into, you know, John Paul Gotti. Right. Uh, that surely without the scandal would have been nominated here. Right. Well, al- it, it had to be like we've seen those pictures of him. Yeah. In the, in the costume and in the makeup, so, it, you know, it, I feel bad for the filmmakers of that. Like, that sucks. It sucks that Kevin Spacey was such a piece of shit. Sorry, Kevin. <laughs> um, but it also sucks that they they got hosed. Yeah. They got hosed on probably some awards because he's such a garbage human being. Well, whoever that and makeup they, and, artist and they what is, they had to do. that's the problem is, is that, you know, Ridley Scott's going to be fine. He's lighting his cigars with thousand sure. dollar bills. Yeah. And he's, he's lighting his cigars with action comics. Number one. Right. Exactly. So you know? it's not him, but you know, I did share on Twitter and I think I talked about it uh, on another podcast, but 
there there are hundreds of people, and in this movie in particular, all the money in the world had over 800 people involved in making it. And so sure. when one bad apple spoils the bunch, and we know who that bad apple is, but there's 800 people that miss out. And so we're talking about this one person here and it's the makeup artist and they still had to do a job of transforming Christopher Plummer. It was still impressive. They had to do, it, they had to do like we talk about Michelle Williams getting snubbed for the money. Mm-hmm. Like talk about these people, right? You know, these folks had to come in um, and completely. And, and, you know, they spent all that time with Spacey to mm-hmm. get him to look the right way. Yeah. And now it's erased. It's gone. It's gone. That work. We'll never see yeah. it. That that it's 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 footage that will never be released. You know. Yeah. And um, you know. So we should give a shout out. So Jana Carbani is the key makeup artist on all the money in the world. I presume that she's the one that would be nominated for, right. you know, or she would one that would accept the award for her department if all the money in the world were to want, win. So uh, we know you did hard work. We're sorry that it ended up yeah. this way, but you know. We feel bad for you. It sucks. Props to you. Uh, you know, I, you, guys, you I, guys did an amazing job out there. I wish they would have still nominated it because Plummer had to be transformed and it still looked really good and really different. I, I just wish that even though it wasn't on the level of transforming Spacey, I wish they would have just snuck it into that category to give them some props. But Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think I, even more, they deserve it even more so. Last because minute, you, yeah. La, was it like three weeks? Uh, Four weeks? I mean, Plummer filmed for just over a week. That's insane. Yeah, and you know, and it was only like, a couple months before the release of the film. It was uh, right. Uh, it was Thanksgiving. No, thank. They filmed over Thanksgiving. The movie came out Christmas. That's nuts. That's insane. That that is unprecedented. Yeah, you know, and it's a good movie. So you they, have, they should out. Yeah, they should get some love for that yeah so anyway uh we'll see what happens i'm guessing darkest hour for the same reason i would have guessed all the money it's it's a great transformation right original score dunkirk phantom thread shape of water star wars the last jedi there's your john williams there and three billboards outside evan missouri i'll tell you what i saw phantom thread loved the movie it's a beautiful movie of course you did paul thomas anderson daniel (laughs) uh danny lewis i think this i think this kid's going places uh yeah he's going to make shoes that's where he's going uh i will tell you what though so uh billy greenwood has done you know several paul thomas anderson films he's responsible for the score but this score in phantom thread with the piano it it perfectly fits the film it sets a tone which i think any other type of music would have would have changed drastically the storytelling i hope that phantom thread wins it is it is amazing i think he's outdone himself from he did uh there will be blood score which was fantastic but this is my favorite yet this is another one like um uh, to me like a score as important as it is in a movie like is not that big a deal to me like obviously there are iconic like the star wars theme or um back to the you know things like that but to me like i i don't like i, I get what you're saying i don't i don't remember the music from three billboards i don't remember that like the music from shape of water felt like a 1920s movie yeah dunkirk obviously it was Hans zimmer wasn't it yes yeah that's kind of a given well yeah did you hear the wah <laughs> right wah. yeah right yeah uh you know <laughs> like i get what you're saying those stand out I, to me i get what you're saying i think the thing is I, I totally get why maybe you wouldn't uh 
you wouldn't care about this award as much, but try to go watch a movie with only vocals and no music in the background. Oh no, I agree. You know? It's actually it's a funny thing. So when when John Carpenter got done with Halloween, there was no score to it. Yeah, and he showed it. I don't know if he showed it to Mustafa Aka, whoever he showed it to. They were just like, it's not scary. Like none of this is scary. So he added the score. And it completely changes the movie. <laughs> Jeez, and, you know, yeah. like it was a, you know, and it became the movie that it was. Um, so I, I respect a score, but to me, like if I can't remember what it was, then it's not like it's not memorable. Yeah, to it's me. just not your cup of tea. I get it. So not, some no, people don't. Some people don't pay attention to it. But if you are a fan of film, I would implore you pay attention next time when when a dramatic scene is happening, when maybe a meandering scene is happening, just talking, and if there's a slight volume in the background. I mean, the score can be used in so many different ways. But if sure, if you were sure. to to watch a movie without that score, when you some movies don't have a score, I would say a lot of lower budget stuff and. It just is like, man, this is boring, or oh, this just doesn't feel right. And it's right. amazing what a score can do. And a score isn't just like the opening to Star Wars, right? Like, that's no, that's, you are totally correct. It's iconic. But John Williams has another twelve songs on whatever movie, you know, whichever Star Wars that are going on during it. And think about the score during the Pod ra- Race or Duel of Fates during the uh, or even Phantom or, Ma- or the, the Vader's theme, right? Vader's you theme know, or the or the throne or the the. Uh... The throne theme, all that stuff. Yeah, but you know what? What are the what are the parts of Phantom Menace that stand out? You know, they're the pod race and they're the, the sure. uh, lightsaber scene. And you know, I will never forget Duel of Fates. Like, dun 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 dun. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's, it's yeah, that's John Williams doing the score. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But Phantom Thread's my choice um, for that one. Moving okay. on, original song. You've got Mighty River, which we talked about from Mudbound. Yep. Mystery of Love from Call Me by Your Name. Remember me. Call me by your name. Call me by your name is Army Hammer and the kid from Lady Bird. So you haven't seen oh, that one. Oh, sure, sure, um, sure. That's that's right. But uh, yeah, so you've got that. Uh, I don't remember it in the song or in the movie, so not sure what that is. Did you see that? I did. How was it? It's it's not my thing. I you know it, it's interesting. Uh, it's getting a lot of rave reviews, and again, it has nothing to do with the subject matter. But it is a slow, slow movie. Um, yeah. It yeah, it yeah, is yeah. just one of those you know award season eat your vegetables Oscar hopefuls that if if you like it if you enjoyed it that's great it's based on a book but uh, it's about a very very long summer in Italy and uh, uh-huh. and and the problem is it's a love story but it's a love story that. I personally didn't feel anything for the two people that are supposedly in love. So if you can't connect with the characters, if you don't feel for them, why do you care if they get together or not? Right. That's fair. Um, And so uh, I think what they were going for was it was a more realistic situation as in it wasn't dramatized. It wasn't Hollywood. It's two seemingly normal people that, uh, you know, one has a crush on the other and isn't sure if they like him or not. And so I think that's why people really like it because there's a relatable factor in there. It's, it's a more realistic telling, but at the end of the day, I just didn't feel like, like like I cared about the relationship enough to, um, you. you know, and so it, it's too bad because I thought it was a beautiful looking movie. It's well filmed. This is Army Hammer, yeah. not Garrett Hedlund. Yeah, exactly. It's Army Hammer. Uh, and he's good okay. in the movie. It's just I, it's just a slow movie. And uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, if you're not up for just a, a meandering slow movie like that, it's going to feel really boring. But uh, beautiful film, beautiful looking film. Okay. That's for sure. But yeah, you've got that one. Uh, 
Remember Me from Coco. Uh, to me, that's got to have it. I feel like that's got to be it. Yeah, that's that's a hell of a song. Uh, didn't win the Golden Globe, though. Well, all right. You've got Stand Up for Something from Marshall. And okay. you have This Is Me from The Greatest Showman, which did win the oh, Golden Globe. Oh, well, that's, that's your cup of tea there, buddy. That's a tough one. I love the movie. <laughs> I mean, I love it. I've seen it five times in theaters. I think it's fantastic. I'm so happy that original musicals are coming back. We had La La Land last year. We have right. The Greatest Showman this year. And I did an interview with the choreographer. His name is Ashley Wallen, and he is um, he's a really nice guy. He's done a lot of work for uh, Kylie Minogue, and he's done some choreography for Oprah and uh, for some different music videos. Well, so, why would Oprah need choreography? Um, it, he actually did a flash mob for uh, like a surprise for Oprah's maybe 20th anniversary special, I think. Oh, I see, I see. Okay. Yeah, so for the Oprah show, <laughs> Oprah didn't go, hey. I was uh, like, what is happening? Can you choreograph me uh, walking out to the audience uh, for my <laughs> yeah. uh, episode 492? Sure he's like, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but anyway, uh, the guy's super nice guy, uh, very talented. So go read that on Review STL uh, if you want to check out that interview um but do you have a signed copy of the song um i you know i misplaced mine i didn't really care oh, okay, about it okay. so i just thought you just know talk to tom I, i'm sure he's got one you, you think so okay perfect yeah so. uh but so i don't know it's hard for me though so my point is i love the movie um I don't know. It's hard. It's like, I think it's anybody's game between Remember Me and This Is Me. I think they're, sure. they're both great songs. I think they both were very impactful uh, in each of their films. Uh, I don't know. It's anybody's game. I This Is Me got the Golden Glo- Globe win, I should say. Uh, oh, did it? Uh, yeah, it won that. Okay. So I think that maybe there could be a switcheroo and it could go to Coco at the Oscars. Ooh, the old twisteroo. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, I'd be happy with either one, but my money's on Coco. Okay, okay. All right, so uh, before we get to Best Picture, let's talk about uh, a couple of these other little ones here. Yeah, uh, sure. Costume design, you got Beauty and the Beast again. You got Darkest Hour, Phantom Thread, The Shape of Water. There's your uh, monster there stuff yeah. right there. And Victoria and Abdul. Um, I personally, th- I, I didn't see um, Victoria and Abdul, but I'm like, that uh, that monster suit in Shape of Water is amazing it's good i mean but like it it's incredible you know like it's all with the exception of probably the eyes which we think is definitely cg yeah um that thing is all practical and that is like that's my movie porn like practical makeup effects i think are some of the coolest things ever um so i think you know i shouldn't have said porn given the fact she bangs a fish in that movie Looking don't, back on yeah, it. Don't a, remind me. Don't. That was a poor choice of words. <laughs> That's your thing. You're into it. That's your category I'm you into go it. to. Yeah, I'm not even I'm not gonna <laughs> deny it. Well, you know what's uh, interesting yeah. is I don't know if you knew this. Uh I think they actually are going to be disqualified. That monster was not a costume. I don't know if you knew that. It was just a real monster. Uh, a creature from the Black Lagoon was out of work. <laughs> And uh, he said, hey, uh, I'll do it for free. I don't even care. My agent uh, got me the interview. And yeah. So, (laughs) So, you know, I'm going with Beauty and the Beast. That's fair. That's uh, fair. You know, it's got you've got that period piece type thing going on with the big flowy costumes, brilliant colors and designs. Uh, then you also have obviously the iconic stuff, the look of the beast, the look of Belle, right. those dress and suits and everything. Uh, I, I think that could do it. So I'm I'm putting my yeah, money on that. I, one. If this is this is the one that I think, if Shape of Water 
win something. This is where I won't be upset if it wins. Yeah, a lot of competition. I mean, Phantom Thread yeah. is a is is a uh, you know is a period piece type thing. I say period because it's like I think it's sixties. I mean, it's so everything looks older. The the cars look older. Sure. The suits. The you know, it's 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 really neat looking. Um, I just don't think it's on the level of something like Beauty and the Beast. Okay. So uh, moving on to uh, let's go with directing. So okay. you've got yeah. Dunkirk, Christopher Nolan. You have uh, Get Out, Jordan Peele, Lady Bird, Greta Gerwig, Phantom Thread, Paul Thomas Anderson, and The Shape of Water, GDT. So I'm one of the things I've always been told is never gamble with your heart. Okay. But this time I'm gambling with my heart, and I want Jordan Peele to win so bad wouldn't that be amazing that is exactly like it's unbelievable like that movie what the the advantage that, that movie has is you are it is as good as it is on a first watch it is better on a second watch because of how smart it is sure you know like a shape of what i dunkirk is a chris nolan is probably one of the best filmmakers of the last 15 to 20 years. He's a genius, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. But is is there rewatchability for Dunkirk? I Not there, really. Not for me. Phantom Thread, is that a rewatchable movie? I, it's like, a, is it a movie you want to come back to? It's an art it's a film and art lovers dream. I, I, as soon as I saw it, I wanted to go back. It's just so beautiful. Oh, you did? The okay. score is so okay. good. There's, there's rewatchability because, and it, you know, he has to direct these performances. And of course you have Daniel day Lewis, uh, you know, there are so many, there's so many amazing things to, to take in by that film. So there sure. is, um, so are you, are you taking it in based on what you're looking at or the story? Um, well, to me, uh, the story is fascinating. It's a very, very interesting story, and it's about the world of fashion design. So it's not something okay. that you would guess like, oh, yeah, you know, he loves it because of the world of fashion. But um, right. the characters are very interesting. But it's a it's a total uh, visceral love of, of film, you know, the look of it, the acting, uh, you know, the, the performances, especially, of course, Daniel Day-Lewis are so good. Um, it, it's a it's a love of, of film in general. It's okay. not like oh, it's it's a I'm on a I'm on the edge of my seat for the ride of you know uh, <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis is a costume designer that's going for the ride of his life when he made, it looks so good. Yeah, it's not like oh, I'm I'm gonna be excited by this story again. No, but uh, right. yeah, check it out if if you love film and you know if if you do, you probably already are going to see a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Yeah, it's worth it. But to me, like where Get Out is different from all of that is you want to go back and watch it a second time or a third time because there's always going to be something that you missed on that on, on that previous viewing. Yeah, you know what I mean. So to me, maybe that maybe that maybe lends to more to the script, but I feel like Jordan Peele being the the brains behind this movie should get the love for this movie like it's his baby it's his everything every he obviously jason blum is right there with him but this is his thing and it's his creation and i think 
that should be acknowledged. Sure. Uh, the other yeah. thing is, you know, we didn't mention or we didn't talk about Lady Bird. So that, again, That's true. Uh, my favorite of the year, I did see that one three times. So I definitely, I love the story, love the performances. The other thing you have to remember is the director isn't just responsible for moving the story forward and, and figuring out how to, you know, put the movie together, but they are directing the actors. So Correct. when you're talking about being able to get a, a a performance out of someone think about directors like um uh david o russell who notoriously has this history of being kind of a jerk and getting in fights yep. with people uh three kings fighting with clooney and uh i heart huckabees fighting with uh everybody dustin hoffman everybody, and you know everybody and yeah anybody. Any, everybody on that set i think like four of the main actors like you know so, but then you get you get movies like uh the last three that he did um, well, yeah. Think about uh, think about that scene in uh, Silver Linings Playbook between yeah. Jennifer Lawrence and Robert De Niro about the football stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, or even or the De Niro scene in um, the what was American Hustle. Yeah. Oh, they're all they're all fantastic. And so the performances he's able to get out of his actors, and this is why the same great actors, De Niro, Bradley Cooper, Jennifer Lawrence, they all want to work with this guy. Uh, right. He knows how to get performances out of his actors and and so when we talk about directing dunkirk uh, i mean i don't know it's an it's an amazing movie to be able to put together because there's so much going on are the performances really anything i don't think so uh get out i mean that kid that the main kid in there who we'll get to he's nominated which is amazing he should be uh you know to get those performances that's worthy ladybird yes phantom threat yes shape of water uh I don't know. Um, what do you, I mean? But what are you? Who are you? It's you're not directing Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon's doing the Michael Shannon thing. You know, well, it's Sally um, Hawkins. It's it's her performance that really that's true. steals that's the show, fair. right? Yeah. So, um, you know, I would like to see. Uh, this is coming back around to what we talked about at the beginning of the episode. Greta Gerwig, female director. Yeah, I mean, not only did I love Ladybird, but I, I think it's a fantastic movie. Again, I saw it three times. Uh, I would love to see her win, which is so hard because you do have people like Jordan Peele. And then you have GDT, which even if I didn't like Shape of Water, it's like this guy has made some great films. But do you give him – I mean, obviously they gave Denzel the nod um, well, they, for Training Day when he should yeah. have gotten it for – but is there a movie that he – that del toro should have won for that he didn't uh pacific rim hello all right that's, that's, <laughs> that's definitely a movie he directed you were, you were direct, no so i i wouldn't but whether or not the academy does i don't know it's a it's hard to say but my money is on uh, lady bird greta gerwig what do you think okay you get I, out i think that's 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 yeah i'm sticking with get out okay sounds good uh let's go to um animated feature film so we've got all right uh, not the Lego Batman movie, which is pretty surprising considering Lego movie got nominated, right? Um, I believe it did. Uh, no, did it, it didn't win. I can't remember. I don't, I think the snub, I want to say that it didn't even get nominated. I'm going to look that up. Uh, but, okay. the, but the movie that we have in the number one spot here, alphabetically going down is the boss baby. That is, I, I'm, I'm shocked. No Lego Batman movie, which, you know, right. was loved by fans. Uh, I think it had like a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, so the critics obviously enjoyed it. Uh, we didn't get that, but we got The Boss Baby. Uh, and as I like, I thought The Boss Baby was a fine movie. It's fine. Uh, it was, it, you know, it served its hour and a half purpose. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know why it's here. Well, uh, to to go back real quick, the Lego movie was nominated for an Oscar. Okay. Best achievement Best in music for everything yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently the Oscars, the I should say the Academy has a problem with Lego movies. I don't know. <laughs> These movies make hundreds of millions of dollars. They're loved by all. But for some reason, I guess because it has Lego in the title, they don't think it's serious. I, I don't know. I, which doesn't make any sense because like that first Lego movie was insanely good. It's I I mean I think Lego Batman it's, was too, but yes, the Lego movie was critically when we talk about reviews, uh 96% on Rotten Tomatoes out of 233 reviews. So right. uh it made a ton of money at the box office. Uh to not nominate it is crazy. And I think even though the Lego Batman movie may not be as universally accepted as the Lego movie, it still did well, was highly enjoyable. Um I think as a Batman fan it's one of my favorite Batman films of all time. It's so good at I I uh, yeah, okay. It's so good at using the, you know, 75 years of source material. Uh, That's fair. Uh, that makes sense. They put together so much love. If you know Batman, I think there's so much that maybe the layman will miss because there's so many references in it. There's um, a lot of references. As a yeah. fan, I think pulling together all those characters, all those nods, all the different years, uh, they did a brilliant job. So to not it's, see it, Batman's getting a new suit, by the way, for the new in movie? The comics. Yeah, in the, the new... do, then Doomsday Clock number three, uh, which is the uh, the crossover by Jeff Johns and Gary Frank, where they're bringing in the Watchmen yeah. to the DC proper universe. Um, he gets the yellow oval back on the suit. Interesting. I yeah, like it. Yeah, that would be cool. Very nice. Yeah, it's fine. It's whatever. I think they're trying to get away from the new 52 suits. Sure. So obviously I, I jokingly said about it on our, when I showed up for the, um, first up for the box office report last week. Yeah. Uh, they're giving Superman the trunks back. Yeah. Whether it's going to be a, a normal thing or not, we don't know. We'll see. But yeah, they're they're trying to. Get, I think they're trying to get away from those new fifty two suits, and uh, Batman got gets the uh, the yellow oval back around that I'm for on, at least one. I'm on board. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, back to animated feature film, The Breadwinner. Nope. Coco. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm with it. I mean, that's my pick right there. I I don't know how you can't pick that movie. Well, I'll tell you how Ferdinand starring uh, WWE's own John Cena. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And love- did you see that? You didn't see that. Did I you? did not. Okay. Uh, it's getting good reviews. I just I'm not a John Cena fan, so I just because he sucks. I, well, I wasn't gonna say it, but he's white um, bread. Blech. He's a he's a cameo guy. He's funny. I'll say it real quick, and then I'll you know get off my soapbox here. He's funny in cameos. He's funny when he's the random drug dealer at a party thrown by Tina Fey. He's funny when he's in bed with Amy Schumer and he's clearly gay, but imagining she's a man. I mean, he's funny in these short cameo roles uh, because it's ironic. He's a big, huge guy acting goofy. It's funny, right? But uh, man, this leading man thing, like this new, um, you know, chicken noise blockers Blockers or whatever. That's rough. So here's what I will say. I am not a John Cena fan. Uh, I appreciate what he has done in the ring. I appreciate his dedication to the WWE. Uh, Kids love him. His matches are his matches are boring. Yeah. Um, but The Rock did not start out The Rock. Sure. You know, so I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt for now. Yeah. On on his on his choice of roles because Rock 
Rock had some work to do before he became the Rock. Sure. No, I yeah. I I get it. I just I'm not a fan of what I've seen so far. So sure, we'll see. And uh, the fifth movie in the category is Loving Vincent, which is every frame in the movie is a painting. It's an amazing looking feat. Oh, really? Yeah. It's it's about Vincent okay. Van Gogh, and it's all painted. So really neat film. Uh, I I think they're gonna give it to Coco though. It's a uh, I, that that movie. Subject matter aside, like technically that movie is good lord yeah uh, everything you know, like that is a step up pixar i think was struggling there for a minute like with, with original properties right like sure. uh the good dinosaur we said was not good not it, it, it's not it was not pixar level um cars three was kind of meh yeah but i mean they did have finding dory but i feel like this one is the this is next level yeah this is fantastic it's a beautiful looking movie i think the story's fantastic i did see this one a couple times in theaters i think uh i think they got the emotional beats that pixar yep. knows how to do in an animated film i think it's a great movie with a great story about family uh i i really really love the film uh the music it's pixar's first musical uh, they have some great original uh, yeah, songs. I'll give you that. That's fair. It, yep. Yeah, they've never had uh, movies full of. That's true. Uh, they've never had original songs. Well, I guess they've had sing-alongs. Songs, you know what I mean? Like, uh, but not in, not integrated into the movie exactly. itself. Exactly. Yeah, it's the, the characters right. actually sing and play the instruments in the movie. Uh, I loved it, so I would love to yeah, see Coco really win here. Uh, moving on to cinematography. So this is uh, we got Roger Deakins for Blade Runner twenty forty nine. That's the yep. that's the question, right? Is is, is yep. are they going to give it to him for his lifelong career? Uh, and then of course we talked about the gal from Mudbound, which is a uh, Oscar history nomination there, and obviously would be a win. And uh, you have Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, and The Shape of Water. Uh, this is another one where I feel like you have to go with Blade Runner, like that we don't know how many how many flicks this guy's going to do coming up you know and, and the movie like, deserves it this isn't this is not a uh, a complete make good it's not like you're like oh they gave it to him for blade runner 2049 i mean it no, is blade runner 2049 is one hell of a good looking movie it's gorgeous and again i it is. i haven't seen mudbound so i don't want to take anything away from from the historic achievement of this nomination and if she could win, uh, you know, and I'm definitely going to give it a shot here in the next couple weeks, but I, uh, I just, I really think Deacons, uh, deserves it for his career. And I also think 2049 is just like you said, a brilliant looking movie. So, uh, if he wins it, I'm not going to be upset. Let's just put it that way. No, not at all. And I I mean, like look at his, in, in, since 2000, let's see, we'll go to 2010 just for fun. Sure. So he did the company men, true grit, Rango, in time, which we won't talk about because that's not very good. Uh, Skyfall, Prisoners, Unbroken, which was whatever. Sicario, Hail Caesar, and Blade Runner. Yeah, that's just in the last. That's in the last six years. Yeah, you know, like that's. I'm sorry, last. Well, I guess technically last seven years. Like those, some of those movies, like Skyfall, with the exception of that stupid track, not tracking shot in the beginning. <laughs> Is one hell of that's that that's one hell of a movie. Is Skyfall was it Skyfall the one where he's up in the building and there's all the neon lights? Oh in no, there? wait, no, no, no. Skyfall's the good. Spectre is the one that I'm thinking of. Oh yeah, Skyfall is the amazing. Skyfall one. is amazing. Yeah, like that. Yeah. So I mean, the dude deserves it, and whether 
you give it to like if any if any of these categories deserve the here the makeup Oscar make good is yeah. this one yeah I yeah. I agree, and again, I don't think that it's a complete make good because Blade Runner looks beautiful. But if you were going to give it to him for a career, I would, I would accept it on this one. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So uh, we'll we'll have to see. I, I need to see Mudbound still, but I'm going to go with Blade Runner because of the pedigree. Yep. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, let's see here. So uh, we're going to go to actors here, and then we'll finish up with okay. the best picture. So uh, of course we got the big four categories here. Uh, let's start out with uh, best supporting actress. We've got Mary J. Blige, Mudbound. We have Allison Janney, I Tanya, Leslie Manville, Phantom Thread, Lori Metcalf, and Lady Bird, and Octavia Spencer in The Shape of Water. So. I've only, I haven't seen any of these, except with the exception of The Shape of Water. Um, and Octavia, Octavia Spencer was as shitty as that movie was. <laughs> Sorry, Kevin. Uh, she was really good. I, she, she was she, she was, was fine. I don't know. I mean, uh, what is she really – all she did was like, you know, oh, tell me about your uh, fish boyfriend's wiener. I mean, like yeah. – <laughs> I mean, I'm obviously underselling it. There's more than that, but like, I, really, but I don't remember really. her doing anything else. You know, there was the scene. There was the one scene that stands out is at her house, uh, at her apartment. At her yeah, yeah. That's that's the one scene that stands out. With the husband or boyfriend or yes. whatever. Yeah. From what I'm hearing, it should probably come down to Allison Janney and Laurie Metcalf. Yeah, like those are the those are the two names that uh, have been getting the most buzz coming into the oscars so i've seen them all except for mudbound i i would agree that uh laurie metcalf and lady bird she plays the mom she's fantastic uh i will say allison janney is so so good night tanya um i'm tending to lean that way leslie okay. manville plays uh the sister of daniel day lewis's character who is a okay. really interesting like she's you know all business she works very closely with her brother on his his work and uh she gives a great performance so i don't want to exclude her from our grouping here uh i i would say uh, i'm leaning towards allison janney but it could go laurie okay. metcalf or or janney either way sure and uh mary j blige uh i'll have to you know to be decided yeah, mud, mudbound is on our list we'll have to yeah, we'll have to figure that out. Figure if we can see it before exactly. It's too late before March. I think we got some time. I think we got some. Time. Yeah, some time. Uh, actor in a supporting role. We've got Willem Dafoe, The Florida Project. Brilliant. Did you see that? Yeah. Uh, is that the one with the kids in the in the mall or in the little motel thing? Yeah. yeah no. Really good. Woody Harrelson, Three Billboards. I think was phenomenal. Yep. Richard Jenkins, The Shape of Water. He's always good. So I mean, he's that's a given. He's jan- like, yeah, it's... janking the place up. He's good. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Christopher Plummer, man, I'll tell you, all the money in the world. His performance is so so good. The, yeah. Just masterful performance. Uh, but you have then Sam Rockwell, who won the Golden Globe. He's won some other uh, awards since then uh, for Three Billboards. I'm so. I, I have to go with Christopher Plummer. Yeah. I, I don't like that's the one as great as Woody Harrelson and Sam Rockwell were and Richard Jen and Jenkins were. Yeah. Christopher Plummer came in with a month to film. He came in with eight days to film. Eight days. I'm sorry. Eight days to film. He nailed his script. I'm assuming he nailed his script. Yeah. He got himself in that makeup. Like that is next level acting. I'll tell and you. I, 
you know. The story's fascinating. I was enthralled with uh, All the Money in the World. I thought it was a really neat, true story. Uh, being my age, I didn't know a lot about the Gettys. I didn't know about the hostage situation. So I went in pretty much blank slate and thought the story was fascinating. But I would go back in a heartbeat and have been thinking about the movie ever since from Michelle Williams and Christopher Plummer. They're acting. When you talk yeah. about Phantom Thread, you talk about Daniel Day-Lewis, and you talk about Leslie Manville and, and the other actors who are phenomenal in the film – same thing goes with that movie. It is it is a great uh, just tour de force of performances, uh, and I would not be upset if Plummer won it. And he, I mean, Plummer he's a he's a legend. He's a great actor, right? So I know I totally agree. And I think the one of the things that I I feel like should be taken into consideration is the eight days. It's hard not to because like that's insane. That is absolutely insane. Yeah, to think that he came on with eight days and was able to deliver that performance. So, um, the yeah. The, well, the question is though, and I totally get what you mean, and I give him all the credit in the world to go along with his money. But right. do you <laughs> do you look at a movie like when you look at a movie and you look at a masterful masterful performance, whether it's Orson Welles or it's Plummer or it's, uh, you know, it doesn't matter, Clint Eastwood, do you go and, and, and do you think about, well, hold on, how much preparation did they do? This guy prepared for a year in in uh, character, this guy prepared for a week. Like, I get what you're saying, but it would be very yeah. hard to judge a film based on those merits, the preparation work, right? Yeah, uh, that's fair. Uh, you know, and and I get it. Like, you, you got to give the guy credit, but I just I'm not sure that we could have that way in or should have that way in in this category. Right. Uh, right. But either way, I think if he wins, it's deserving on the performance alone. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, I'm you know I'm gonna go for the dark horse. I think Sam Rockwell is probably the favorite to win, and yeah. if he does, I won't be surprised. But I'm gonna go with Plummer. I'd love to see him win this one. Okay. Good choice. Good choice. All right. So I am going to go next to actor in a leading role, uh, Timothy Chalamet, who's the kid that was also in Lady Bird. He is uh, the main character in Call oh, Me. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Call- was, he in, was he in Three Billboards, too? No, that is the brother. Um, the boyfriend from Lady Bird is in Three Billboards. Got it. And then okay. the other, like, uh, you didn't see Lady Bird, right? I did not okay. know. The other boyfriend after him is the one that's in Call Me By Your Name. So Perfect. they've got a okay. nice little gotcha. art house group here that's kind of bouncing between the, the acclaimed movies here. Uh, Timothy Chalamet gave a great performance in Call Me By Your Name. Again, even if it wasn't my favorite film of the year, he was really good in it. Uh, I like the actor. I think he's very talented, so I definitely would give him credit. Uh, but he's up against Daniel Day-Lewis for Phantom Thread, which we talked about. Yeah, Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Let me guess. Daniel Day-Lewis is going to win. Uh, I don't know. So here's the one. Here's the surprise, which everybody was so excited about. Daniel Kaluuya from Get Out. So great. I mean, like, it's so awesome. That face. Because that kid is like, (laughs) his performance is so understated the entire time until the end. Like the entire time, he's super chill. Yeah. Like he plays off like all of the uh, subversive racism that is in that movie. Yeah that you don't realize is as, as prominent as it is until you get to the end. Like he, he's so good. That is so good. That scene that in the scene chair, with, that scene with the, in the chair. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Like it's, Oh my God. I just mean, will you ever forget that face? The face that never. I think I'll never forget the look on his face when she's just like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Drop or whatever she says. 
I mean, isn't that like, uh, isn't that what they use on the posters? It's the picture you always see as oh, him in the chair, as the face. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so I mean, that's uh, that's awesome. I mean, again, it's a movie from the beginning of the year. Uh, I I think that's really great. He got the nomination. He deserves it. It's a great performance. Gary Oldman in The Darkest Hour, and. So I'm a Gary Oldman nerd. Okay. I will see. I didn't get to see the Darkest Hour just because our our my time is very limited. Mm-hmm. But oh, you're saying I, your time is more valuable than the rest of us? Is that what I you're did saying? not say that? I just said I have more garbage stuff going on. In my life. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think Gary Oldman is probably in the top five greatest actors of the last 25 years. Oh, I want to I want to stop you right there. I want to stop you right there. Right. So okay. you're probably going to be a little upset by this. Um, no, I read the best Oscar prediction of all time the other day. Uh, this is okay. thanks to listener and friend Brad Hyen. He shared this with okay, me. Perfect. Post on Reddit. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Oscar prediction. Gary Oldman wins for Darkest Hour, and when he takes the stage, he pulls off his mask to reveal he's actually Daniel Day Lewis, <laughs> and there never was a Gary Oldman. <laughs> oh, I, my world! I, I'd quit film. <laughs> That's it. Podcast I love it. I can't, I can't do it anymore. The whole time, his I whole career <laughs> pulls off his mask. It's a Gary Oldman mask, and there he is, Daniel Day Lewis. Oh man, <laughs> like he's one of those actors that you can never pin him into a like. There's no. He's got so many different iconic roles. He's a chameleon, but none of them are the same. So you've got old Johnny Depp. You have yep. Leonardo DiCaprio. Daniel Day-Lewis, even though it's a fewer roles, but he can blend in anything. And you've got Gary Oldman. So Gary Oldman can be a Drexel. Gary Oldman can be Winston Churchill. Gary Oldman can be Commissioner Gordon. He can be be the whack job in The Fifth Element. He can be, you know. Leon the Professional, he's the bad guy. Yeah, there's so many different things that he can can – uh, go. He's kind of like Alan Rickman. He's well. Speaking you know, like of, Rickman he's is... he's Sirius Black in Harry Potter. He's a you know yeah. that was when he played yeah. a good guy. I think it was either right after Commissioner Gordon or right before. But it was like he was on. You know, he was the best bad guy, and then all of a sudden he got these good guy roles, and he was really good in those too. He's the best good guy. Like I think on screen, unfortunately, we didn't get to see enough of J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon. I think J.K. Simmons would make a it makes a great Commissioner Gordon. Sure. Um. But he is the best adaptation of Jim Gordon. Well, there has there's no Jim Gordon that will ever compare to him. Well, best best because he's so good. Absolutely, he, I, I think that he, I think he's so good. Obviously, The Dark Knight is such a fantastic superhero film, and uh, his performance. In and the- he's given more to do than just be the guy who calls Batman. Right. Exactly. You know, like he gets to be the 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 commissioner, and he gets to have that those scenes with harvey uh, scenes with harvey dent where he's able to be the like he was harvey dent's friend sure and now he's got to look at his friend whose face is all scarred up and he's gone insane and he has to have this this scene with him and it's like that scene as good as as amazing as heath ledger is in that movie it he over he overshadows uh aaron eckhart and then um Gary Oldman, Christian Bale, Christian Bale doesn't have to be in that movie. Honestly, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the, if you, if you take Christian Bale out of that movie, you've still got the good cop, Jim Gordon trying to keep everything together. Sure. I could see that, you know, like that, that scene itself where Harvey Dent has, uh, Jim jr. And Barbara and commissioner Gordon has to, 
think his way out of the situation. You honestly don't need Batman in that scene. So are we giving uh, Gary Oldman the Oscar for Dark Knight here? I'm what are we doing? Gary Oldman the Oscar. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. And in the fifth and final spot, we have not James Franco for The Disaster Artist. We have Denzel Washington and Roman J. Israel Esquire. Uh, James Franco shouldn't be nominated anyway. Well, it's... In my opinion. I'm just saying, I, I don't think there's any doubt. That came out of nowhere. I mean, Denzel Washington is the master. He's a legend in his own right. But totally. but that, totally. that movie and for that performance, that, that was Franco's spot. And um, I respectfully disagree. I think Franco is doing an impression of Tommy Wiseau. Uh, and he's not doing something original. But I can understand the argument for it. Sure. Fair enough. I feel I feel the same way about Jamie Foxx and Ray. Hmm. Interesting. As great as that performance is, he's not doing anything special. I guess I guess the question is, how much credence do you give for someone who studies body language and studies delivery and and, and accents and and you know all the body language and and stays in character, method acting? I mean, how? To get into but you're role. working from a template rather than coming up with something original. Like that's the way I feel about it, right? Like, so what about he's not Winston Churchill? Oh, what about uh, Gary Oldman playing Winston Churchill then? Yeah, that's a fair that's a fair argument to make, right? I mean, I'm just saying yeah. if you if we are going to go that route, then how? I also many... I also think he got himself into trouble. Well, that's certainly certainly that I think, and I think that has something to do with it. Yeah. Um. You know, Franco's gotten himself at least what, like seven allegations, yeah, against him. It's you know now. Granted, it could be nothing. It's, sure, there. It's all nothing is, um, nothing is has been proven until there's actually charges filed or things like that. But once your name is attached to something like that, it's it it you know, especially in the climate we're in now in Hollywood and around the United States you kind of put a target on your back and you have to deal with the fact that maybe you don't get the noms for right movies like this. Right. Absolutely. So, I mean, he's lucky he got the golden globe. He's lucky that snuck in under the wire. Uh, yeah. The, the accusations didn't start rolling out until I think he, the spotlight was on him for the major award. Well, he already had that one with the girl. He like, that was already out there. It was, uh, but that, I mean, that was from a, but it went away. It, exactly. And, and once he won the award, a bunch of people came out and said, Hey, wait a minute, this guy, and, right. uh, you know, so, I mean, I love that movie. I, I think that it's one of the, f- it's a great movie. I think it's, I think it's, I, I think the nomination, the nomination for adapted screenplay is totally warranted. Right. I'm glad, I'm glad that it's in there. Uh, but you know, I just want to go back. I know this is a performance award, so this one aside, but you also didn't see the disaster artist in a couple of other categories that maybe it could have snuck into. And the thing is that I will go back to what I said about all the money in the world. The disaster artist had, I, I counted them up. I went through IMDb and, and added them all up. And I think it has something like 364 people that worked on the movie. And so, oh, the disaster artist? yeah, and so, yeah, when you have accusations, which they're not charges, they're accusations, and I get they may they be are. serious. Yep, I'm not talking about this because of accusations. My point is that you have almost 400 people involved with working on a movie, and when you have 10 best picture spots and they nominate nine, 300 and something people that gave their blood, sweat, tears, lives, years for a movie. Yep 
are missing out because of the accusations against someone. And I just, I just think that's too bad. It it goes back to, um, the Christopher Plummer. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. Those people lost out on whatever, if it was going to get an awards, they lost out on it because, you know, Yeah, you want to be a part of an Oscar winning film. And so this conversation, we're not getting political. We're not getting uh, human rights here. We're not getting into that. My only point is I just feel bad for the people that, you know, one person, one bad apple, as we said earlier with the other movie, can spoil the whole bunch. And you have uh, best adapted screenplay for The Disastrars, which I think is the funniest movie of the year. Uh, And I think... I think that they missed out on some other nominations because of, I think you got, I, I could, I could see, I could see that argument for sure. Yeah, So it's, it's too bad, but anyway, uh, Denzel got the spot. So, uh, he's always great. I think he's a place filler though. The, did you see that? Uh, no, I did not see Roman J Israel Esquire. I just mean okay. that the buzz wasn't around him and it just kind of snuck up out of nowhere. So I feel like right. he gave, I mean, Denzel, his worst performance is, is an amazing performance. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, I think he did at least a Denzel, uh, you know, basic performance, which is great. Are you guaranteeing it though? Um, I guarantee it. Okay. All right. I mean, fair enough. He guaranteed it to me. So therefore <laughs> his guarantee is, is gold. It's gold. Yeah. So I think the race here is between, Daniel Day-Lewis, Gary Oldman, and I'm going to say Daniel Kaluuya because okay. not only is it a great movie, but it also is another statement from the Academy, right? So so I think uh, Kaluuya yeah. will not get it because he's so young. Okay. I mean, we saw that with DiCaprio. Well, and they, man, they did not get, and I'm not saying that he's on the same level as DiCaprio, which he very well could be. We don't know yet. I, his Black Mirror episode is probably one of the most underrated Black Mirror episodes of the first season. And which one is he uh, in? Uh, so he's the one, he's in the one where, um, like, ev- they have to constantly watch ads. Okay. Uh, I think, it, I'm almost positive it's the second episode. Okay. Um, but it's super underrated. It's really good. Uh, so we don't know what this kid can do yet. And he's, I guarantee he's going to be around for a while. You know, the worst episode of Black Mirror is like the worst performance from Denzel Washington. Okay. Well, Denzel Washington also didn't bang a pig in an episode. So that's (laughs) (laughs) my point is that Black Mirror, they're they're, they're all so good. Like when that showed up on Netflix and they're like, oh, it's about technology. And it's kind of like the Twilight (laughs) Zone. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then I watched that first episode. Let's not spoil like, it. Let's not spoil it. For I'm, not the gonna spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it. Go watch Black Mirror. Like, Go watch. watch that first episode and you're just like, what? Yeah. How do, what? And then you get to the second one. You're like, okay, this seems more like <laughs> what you – I've told people. I was like, skip the first episode. <laughs> just go to the second episode and you're good That's to go. That's the first one I ever saw because, you know – Oh, my God. It's, yeah. it's messed up. I took, it's so messed up. I will say I took a long break after watching the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It did. So I could see where maybe you wouldn't start with that one. but uh, No, don't start with that. Anyway, so, I, you know, I will also say uh, as far as uh, history goes, Timothy Chalamet, youngest actor to ever be nominated for an Oscar. Oh, okay. Uh, Is that right? I believe so. No. How old was um, uh, Kirsten Dunst? Well, she's not an actor. Oh, I'm I mean, There's two okay. categories. I, I got I, I, I would call her an actor, but in the actor category, she is not eligible. No, no, no. Okay, um, fair enough. I believe he is the youngest. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google this real quick while Joe uh, hums the music to Jeopardy. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean. 
I'm not going to do the whole thing. That's crazy pants. Well, I'm already. <laughs> we'll get sued. I'm ready, so that's all I needed. Oh, all right, great. Uh, so Perfect. you have, of course, you have. Oh, don't go back on me, Chrome. Come on now. Okay, you <laughs> you have, of course, the uh, youngest actor to. Best director, man. Wikipedia, get your act together, okay? <laughs> get your act together. Hold on here. We got to go to uh, best actor. Here we go. Scrolled on me. All right. So the uh, youngest winner for best actor in a leading role, this just doesn't seem right, but the youngest winner is 56 years old, Art Carney for Harry and Tonto in 1974. That can't be right. Young, I mean, Youngest no. winner, not nominee, winner. No, no, no. Matthew McConaughey won. He's younger than 56. I can't. Are you telling me Wikipedia is wrong? Because yeah. I don't. Matthew McConaughey won for um, Dallas Buyers Club, what? I think. Yeah, what's happening here then? Or was that. Yeah, that was his movie. He wasn't supporting hmm. actor in that movie, was he? This must be way out of date. Hold on. We're going to scrap this whole thing. Hold <laughs> on here. I, I, went to this, uh, I went to this article. Christian Bale won, didn't he? The fighter, but that was supporting, I think, or wasn't he supporting in that? Oh, he that may have that been supporting. Was, uh, that, yeah, that was Wahlberg. Yeah, movie, Wahlberg's I movie. Um, I don't know. This is too. <laughs> if Wikipedia doesn't have the info, what are we supposed to do? You tell what me. What are we? What are we doing here? What are we supposed to do? Okay, so let me let me go forward to this. So I am on uh, fastcompany.com <laughs> because Perfect. I mean they're never wrong, right? Fastcompany.com. Uh, Timothy Chalamet is the youngest Best Actor nominee for Call Me by Your Name in almost eighty years at almost tw- okay. at twenty two years old. So maybe eighty one to ninety years ago there was a younger actor, you know. Uh, but we don't know. But in eighty years at least, he is the youngest Best Actor nominee. Okay. Uh, conversely, Christopher Plummer is the oldest acting nominee ever. Really? For all the money in the world, he is 88 years old. There has never been an older acting nominee. Interesting. Right? Yeah. So really running the gamut there with their nominations. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, um, I, I think uh, I think it would be – there's a lot of good choices here for actors. So, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis is a shoe-in. He's not a shoemaker, yep. so don't make that joke. He's a clothing oh, designer. A clothing designer. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, he had the elves make the shoes, Joe. He makes the <laughs> yeah, outfits. Okay. What was I thinking? So, of course. Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of great acting, uh, with the exception of Denzel, just because I haven't seen it. I'm sure he's great in it. Right. But the other performances are wonderful. Uh, it's anybody's game, but I think Daniel Day Lewis, Daniel Kaluuya, and Gary Oldman. I think those three are the I ones I, that. I think that's a safe. That's safe. Who do you think? Are you gonna are you gonna go with Chloe or with Gary, Oldman. Gary Oldman? Yeah, I'm not. I'm sticking with Gary. Okay. Well, who is actually Daniel Day Lewis? So, either way, <laughs> right? Either way, I'm right. Either way. All right. So moving on to the last acting category before we get to Best Picture, we have uh, Best Actress in a Supporting. Or I'm sorry, Best Actress in a Leading Role. You have yes. Sally Hawkins, The Shape of Water, Frances nope. McDormand, Three Billboards. Margot Robbie, I, Tanya. You have Saoirse Ronan, Lady Bird, and Meryl Streep, The Post. Now, I think Meryl Streep is in there because the law, right? Is that <laughs> she must be nominated once a year? Uh, if she's in a movie, she gets nominated. So that's right. how that works. Um, I will say all those other performances. I've seen the other. I've seen all five of the movies, and Meryl Streep is great. I don't think I'm going to give her the win for this one. She's great, but um, you know, Sally Hawkins is good in The Shape of Water. I may not care for the movie that much. She gives a good performance. Fair enough. She's fine. Yeah. Uh, I will say, really though, I think the the three nominees that could win: Saoirse Ronan and Lady Bird, which I think that kind of goes along with 
with, you know, if you're going to give Gerwig the award for director, if it does, he got a best picture win. They they don't usually do that, though, do they? Um, they don't necessarily do them in groups. Uh, I will say, right. if you think about it, what's interesting, going back to Three Billboards, McDonough was not nominated for director, but Three Billboards is the favorite for best picture win, right? Okay. Do you remember well, in recent yeah, years, another little year. film where there was a director not nominated, but it won best picture? Okay. Ar- what? Argo. Oh, that's right. Affleck not nominated, not even nominated, but it wins Best yeah. Picture. Huh, that's interesting. So, I mean, Three Billboards is the favorite. Uh, I think that it has it's it's that and Lady Bird, but even though McDonough is not a, a directing nominee, it doesn't mean anything if history goes right. to show anything. So, oh, that's true. Um, but but I wonder it, why they didn't. I wonder why they didn't nominate Affleck for that. Uh, it's. You know what? I don't know. I, the thing is, that's the category that only has five, unlike Best oh, Picture that okay. has nine. And I think that it's just to, to, to pick from five on a good year, it's tough. Yeah, that's Same true. with this year. I mean, they, they gave – there's so many you – have, you have people sneaking in like, like Jordan Peele for Get Out, which was a really early movie that was way more successful than anyone could ever imagine – yeah. That spot may have normally went to Martin McDonough, but it's like he. Oh, maybe. But you, That's but you gotta That's have fair. Jordan Peele in there because of that movie, right? So yeah. when you gotta pick from five movies, it's tough. But uh, let's stick with Best Actress real quick here. So yeah. so you've got Frances McDormand, who was fantastic in Three Billboards. She was phenomenal. Yeah. Margot Robbie is amazing as Tanya and I, Tanya. I mean, yep. so good. Is that right? Yeah, so good. And uh, yeah, Saoirse Ronan and Lady Bird. Suicide Squad Zone. Yeah, Margot there Robbie. you go. Uh, Oscar-winning Suicide Squad Oscar Zone. Oscar-winning Suicide Squad. <laughs> um, so McDormand won the Golden Globe. McDormand won the... Green Actors Guild, I want to say. Oh, did uh, Yeah, so, I mean, she's on a mad yeah. tear. She's winning most of the awards. Uh, I could see her winning easily. Uh, Margot Robbie gives a great performance. I just think when you're up against those other two movies, it's going to be tough. I honestly think it would be uh, Cersei Ronan. Yeah, and Saoirse. 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 Saoirse like inertia. You got to watch. <laughs> Does that, yeah, watch the opening of uh, SNL. It's, it's her, oh, her okay. line, not right. mine. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> she has a, a delightful accent, and uh, she explains it all. You know, Saoirse Ronan is someone who I've been watching for a long time that, you know, she's just coming into the spotlight now, but she was in The Lovely Bones, directed by Peter Jackson. That's she was right, the little girl. Right. She was in Hannah. She's Hannah. I mean, Ooh, yeah, that was a what a play. badass that's, movie that is. That was like, a cool movie. Hannah's one of those movies, like, I've told people about John Wick when it came out. I told people about The Greatest Showman. Hannah's one of those movies where, like, not a lot of people had seen it. And that year it came out, I'm like, you know, have you seen Hannah? No, I haven't heard of it. And I would sit people down and make them watch it. And then, right. like, they would go out and buy it after, you know, they're like, I have to own this movie. It's great. Well, there was Hannah, and then there was Haywire. Like, Haywire was another one. Gina Carano? Yeah. That was really good. Like, I thought it was a cool it's, movie. Uh, yeah. It's a Steven Soderbergh flick. Yeah, I thought it was cool. And it's really- uh, Ewan McGregor's the bad guy. Is that right? Uh, Fastbender. No. Yeah, it's Ewan McGregor. Is it? Yeah. Don't they have a scene on the beach at the end? Maybe. Not to spoil it, I won't tell you who wins or anything. But uh, <laughs> Haywire was when uh, McGregor's the bad guy. I'm almost positive. Okay. Hey- okay. Haywire 2011 is Gina Carano. Ewan McGregor and Michael Fassbender. So yeah, okay. I don't remember Fassbender in the movie, but he plays like her secret agent partner, partner, but also like doubles as her husband. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. 
McGregor. There's a good there's a good fight scene between them in a in a bedroom. Okay, excellent, excellent. Uh, that is a cool movie. But yeah, I would say go back and if you watch the movies that Saoirse Ronan's been in. So you have those two. She was in the Grand Budapest Hotel, which I loved. She was in uh, Brooklyn from a couple of years back, which was okay. which a uh, very highly yep. regarded movie. So she's on a great trajectory. I think she's an amazing actress. I think she seems very down to earth and very. You know, she seems like a good person in interviews. Uh, yeah. I'm excited to see what she does next, but uh, I would love to see her win for Lady Bird. I think McDormand's probably because of the age, because of her career, like you know, like you've mentioned before with some of the others. Oh, yeah, I could, I could see that argument. Yeah, sure. I think that I just think that uh, she gives a great performance, and it's her whole career that they're going to consider. So I'm going to go with McDormand. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I would love to see uh, Saoirse eke out a win here, but. I, the dark horse to me is Margot Robbie. Um, she is. I mean, she, that's the one. Was she nominated for best supporting for that? Um, oh, good Suicide lord! Squad? The Wolf of Wall Street. <clears throat> I think so. So I mean, two nominations in four years, three years. Yeah. You know, like so, she might be a dark horse. I think that she is. She, She's going to be. Her name needs to be. Yeah. Right up in She's there. She's going to be the upset. If 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 neither of the two we mentioned, everyone thinks that it's going to be one of those two. Uh, she could come right. out of nowhere and go see I Tanya. It is again fascinating. It's so good in her performance. Like it is. It is just Margot Robbie completely transforms into Tanya Harding. It's cool. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm I'm so I cannot wait to. see It that. is really really fun, and uh, it's a funny movie and really well done. So yeah, go see it. Uh, and that leads us to the best picture. Yeah. It's the, the big one here. We have nine nominees. Again, the category is open to 10, but for some reason, the Academy never uses that 10th spot, which is frustrating. <laughs> I will go back to a little movie from, I believe it was 2011 called drive, which deserved yeah. to be in the top 10. And they nominated nine agree. instead. Uh, very, very upsetting there, but uh, they've done it again where, you know, we won't get into it, but uh, the disaster artist is not on here, but what it is, is call me by your name, darkest hour, yep. Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, that's tough. That's a lot of movies. Like that is, that's a lot of movies to make make a call. Um, so let's let's take the ones off that aren't going to win. So Dunkirk, I'm going to take off. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm going to take off the post. The, I'm going to say the post was like when that movie came out, it was, I think, originally entitled The Post, parenthesis Oscar bait. But uh, it's getting no, <laughs> yeah, okay. it's getting no buzz. So I'm gonna cross that off. Um, the Shape of Water uh, has 13 nominations, like we mentioned. So that really is a high yeah. contender. Um, Phantom Thread is PTA and Daniel Day Lewis's last film. So that'll probably get. I mean, that's yeah. that's a that's a it's a big one. That's a contender. Uh, yeah. Lady Bird and Three Billboards. We've talked about earlier. They're up there. Uh, get out. I honestly think you can take get out off. I don't think get out's going to get do it. Do you think that's a honorary mention? Like I we do. put it in here, but there's, I think it deserves to be there. Yeah. Um, but it's one of, I, 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 yeah, I just, I don't, it's Jordan Peele's first film. Uh, is this the first Blumhouse movie to be nominated for an Academy award? Ooh, it has to good be chance. Yeah. Good chance. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just think that as far as, you know, again, we talked about the Academy, older voters. I just don't think they're going to give it to Jordan Peele as good as the no, movie is, but he's a new director. I, you know, um, I, yeah, I say, take it out. It deserves to be on the list, but I say, take it off as any chance of winning darkest hour. I mean, it's, it's, it's old men doing an old man thing. It's a great performance. <laughs> is it the best picture of the year though? I don't think it's going to win. 
uh, call me by your name again. I, I think it's, I think it, it deserves to be given attention. I don't think it's going to win though. Um, yeah. I would take that off. So I think what I guess that leaves three billboards. I mean, you've got, again, you have lady bird with a female director. Oh, that's true. Right. Yeah. And, and a good movie. You have three yep. billboards getting all the buzz. It's a favorite to win. You have Shape of Water, highest nominated film, and it's GDT, yeah. who's got a career. And you've got Paul Thomas Anderson and and Daniel Day Lewis. Uh, and I think those are the. F- to me, I have to go with three billboards. Like I, that's the one that I would get behind. That's the one that I've told people: if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. Um, I did not say that, but granted, again, the the three of us from Real Spoilers are the only three that didn't like uh, Shape of Water. Um, I just don't know if you can I, I call think, that the best movie of the year. Even if you love it and you love monster movies and you love love stories and fantasies and all that stuff, can you really call The Shape of Water the best movie of the year? I just don't know. I think Three Billboards is a perfect storm of drama, humor. Um, that's the, to me like that, it's it's just this perfect storm of a movie. Like it, it, he hits all the right notes. The, the performances are out of this world. I mean, every person in that movie, every main actor in that movie is nominated as well. Um, the screenplay is nominated like that. These are all to me, the signs of a great movie. And I, I mean, if I'm obviously, I think get out is probably the dark horse. Um, I think Lady that's Bird's the one that kind of came out of nowhere. The, what were we I saying? think Lady Bird's going to be the surprise. Is in not could be. not that it that's doesn't deserve well, it be. again. I mean, it's my favorite movie of the year. I would love to see it win, but I think a right. lot of people are going to go for the favorite right now. Three billboards, and I think Lady Bird, aside from being a delightful movie with fantastic performances, it does have a female director, and, and uh, you know, no best picture yeah. or directors ever won being a female. So I think they can make a statement with it. I think that they can give it the, the you know, it's due because it is a good movie. Um, I would agree. Do you think Phantom Thread's too obvious? Like, it, you know, it's Paul Thomas Anderson and Daniel Day-Lewis. So I am not a PTA fan at all. Okay. Um, and then when you team him up with another actor that I'm not a fan of, uh, you've pretty much guaranteed that I'm not going to see your movie. But take yourself uh, away from your t- personal feelings. Like it's Paul yeah. Thomas Anderson and it's Daniel Day Lewis. Like that. Like those two together equal good movie, right? So I don't. I think some people definitely think that. Yes. So I'm thinking maybe it's a it's a shoe in for a nomination. But even if it's going to be good, like I feel like it has to be great to win. Best I would picture. agree. I would agree. And uh, I, when you look back, the problem though is when you look up at, look back at past Beck's best pictures. I think some of them are undeserving in my opinion. I think, uh, I have to go back. There was one year where it was just like, did, La, was it the year lot? Did La La Land win? <laughs> no, no, it lost to right. moon. What was it? Moon? Did, did La La Land win? Let's think if there was any controversy surrounding that. Award. <laughs> right. Was it moon? It was moonlight. Oh, right, right, right. That's right. <laughs> what was the name of that movie? Moonlight. Moon, uh, moonlight. Yeah. But like, was Moonlight an amazing movie? Absolutely. Is it a movie that you're going to go back and rewatch? No. You know, and I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not championing, championing, whatever. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not Try, getting, combine I, those I two, con- combine those two efforts you just made. Com- combine championing and championing. And right in the middle, you have championing, championing. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I, like, cause La La Land isn't for me. Right. But, 
I think a lot of people will revisit that movie sure. more often than Moonlight. Yeah. Um, you know? that's, that's, I think, the question we have to ask ourselves. So when it comes down to Get Out, uh, Lady Bird, and Three Billboards, look at the history of the Oscars, and are they going to award a movie to make a statement? Or are they going right. to award a movie that's uh, feel good, makes you happy, love to watch it over and over type movie? Or are, right. are they going to award a movie to as, as some kind of a make good for someone's career? That's and a good so question. so you have a set of movies here where you have Get Out with a black director, you have Lady Bird with a female director, and you have Three Billboards, uh, you know, which is a male director, but with a great story, great performances. <clears throat> and right. all three of those movies deserve to be on this list. Uh, yep. If any of those three movies won, I would not be upset. I think they're all great nope. movies and among the best of the year. The question is, how is the Academy going to vote? And that's that's the question. I'm, I would say the obvious answer is three billboards. I think that has the biggest chances of winning. I'm going to put my yeah. money on Lady Bird. I want to support okay. the Dark Horse. Okay. I want you know, and I know that Get Out would be even more of a stretch, but I just don't think that really has a, a real chance. Um. I I think I don't think it does either, unfortunately. Right, and again, it's not a deserving thing. It's just a, the way the Academy is, and and because of all the different factors, like we, you know, age of the director and career of the director and all that. Um, I'm going to go with the surprise win with Lady Bird. Okay. okay. What do you think? I'm going to stick with three, three billboards. billboards. Okay. Yeah, and it's like you know, it's also difficult because not to com- not to say that Get Out is this generation's Silence of the Lambs, but that's kind of where we are with this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, because like Sons of the Lambs is a horror flick. They just don't call it that because um, it doesn't horror flicks don't get nominated for Oscars. Is get out uh, considered a horror or is that a suspense thriller? Uh, like how do they categorize that? I don't, I, I guess they consider I think they, they call it a drama slash thriller. Right. Is um, it a horror film? That's tough. It has horror elements. How about that? I think that's like the problem is, is that, uh, you know, I know you're a big horror guy. I don't mind horror. I will see them. I like the good, really good ones, but like, I'm not yeah. as, a horror buff like you are seeing as much. Um, right. The thing is, I think get out. Um, it, it kind of ascends it, 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 it is more than just a horror film. And yes, it is. Um, there are so many elements being told here. I mean, there are, you know, you of course have its social commentary, you have the you know the script though you have the really interesting story you have a really crazy kind of a sci-fi like you know the the whole thing that we won't spoil because you need to see the movie if you haven't correct um but you need to see it twice honestly yeah it's so it's so out there and so original and you know there's so much going on there then you have the thriller the suspense of of you know how are we going to get out of the situation that we're in and then right. you also have the creepy horror elements so oh yeah you know Absolutely. a straight horror film i think is more about the scares is more about the you know how are we going to how are we going to scare you how are we going to freak you out how are we going to creep you out and this movie just goes way beyond that. Yeah, I would agree. Well, I mean, but and the same thing can be said for uh, Don't Breathe when that came out. Like they that was definitely labeled as a horror movie and it sort of becomes one. Oh, yeah. But oh. it's a thriller for the most part. I'll never forget that scene. You, you know exactly what scene I'm scene. talking about. I know exactly uh, what you're talking about. I'm not talking about Thanksgiving dinner. Nope. It's it's one of those scenes that will just if you've seen the movie it will stick with you and four out of, ugh. 
Yes. Uh. <laughs> it is, but you need to watch. Like I'm, so I watched the I watched his Evil Dead the other night. Okay. Uh, and I, I went back and rewatched. Is that Fetty Alvarez? Yes. Yeah. He did Get Out, or I'm sorry, not Get yeah. Out. Uh, oh no, no, he did. He did. Don't, don't breathe. breathe. He did that too. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because it's got the Jane. Um, oh yeah, the the lead the girl the actor. Yeah. Not not Ash. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ash, uh, I mean yeah, Ashley, in, but the female version of Ashley. Oh uh, no, her name was Mia. I know. I'm just saying. Oh, I was like, that wasn't like, her name at all. It's hard to, you know, when you when you try to uh, take a masculine name and turn it into the female version. Right, it's very right, hard right. to do with Ashley. Yeah, they were kind Ash- of handcuffed. Oh, you mean a bit. you mean Ashley Ina? Yeah, right, right. No, <laughs> they're just like you know what? We'll just call her. It's so weird because there is a. I think there is a character called Ashley in the movie. Really. That cuts her arm off. <laughs> but she's not like the main character. Like Mia's the main character. Nice little wink and a nod there. Exactly. There yeah, go. there's also a scene where the, the main character is sitting on uh, Ash's car. Ah, there you go. Like Ash's, the car from, from well, the Evil Dead series is sitting outside the the, that's, uh, the cabin. That's, uh, that's Sam Raimi's, uh, it's like his uh, Stan Lee cameo. You know, like that car, Basically, that car yeah. gets put in everything. That's great. Yes, it does. Yeah. So okay, so that's where we are. Wow. That's it. So, that's the, those are the noms. Um, did you have any particular upsets that we haven't talked about that you that didn't get nominated? Yeah, is there anything that the fact that Wonder Woman is not on this list at all is ridiculous? So where would you put it? Uh, I would put Patty Jenkins as one of the directors. Okay. Uh, I would put um, oh maybe. I would say Gal Gadot, but probably not. Yeah, um, a, I mean, it's, it's a, this is a screenplay needs to be in there somewhere. Okay. Best or, best adapted screenplay. So do you? Uh, so okay. So this is the question. So you've got Logan on there, which already is like wow. Okay. Uh, right. You got five spots. So who do you drop? So you've got Call Me by Your Name, Molly's Game, maybe. Okay, Disaster Artist, Molly's Game, and Mudbound. So um, that's what I, as great as good as Molly's Game was. I thought that was great. But I think Wonder Woman was a better movie. Do you really? Yeah. I mean, I felt more. I felt more. It's tough. Like, am I? Am, did I feel more into Wonder Woman because I'm a superhero guy, or because it's actually a better movie? And I personally think I was more into what was going on with Wonder Woman uh, than I was with Molly's Game. So here's the thing. I think this is a really nice way to come full circle and end the podcast. So. We talked about in the very beginning about awards and do they matter? Do they matter to you? If your movie isn't on here, does it matter? No. So Wonder Woman was one of my favorite movies of the year. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Saw it in theaters, went back, saw it again in theaters, uh, owned it as soon as it came out on digital. I bought it. You know, it came out a couple weeks before Blu-ray and I bought it on digital. Right. Love the movie. Is it the best movie of the year? I don't think it's the best movie of the year. Did I love it? Oh, I don't, I'm not saying it should be up for best picture. Totally, totally. But my, my yeah. point is, though, that you can love a movie. You can watch a movie 20 times, and it doesn't have to be the best technically or you know artistically. It doesn't have to be the best movie right. of the year, which is why you can't give too much credence to these awards because, sure. as we mentioned, sure. it's neat. It's neat for the recipients to celebrate their careers and their achievements. But at the end of the day... If you love Wonder Woman, good. And you know what? I'm going to go to the complete opposite side of the spectrum as far as we're concerned on the podcast. If you love Justice League, good. I mean, yeah, I, I it's I think you know if you liked Justice League and that's the superhero movie you want to see, awesome. 
for a guy that's been reading comic books his entire life and we finally I'm 35 years old and we've never had a Justice League movie. Yeah. Right. And then we get a Justice League movie and it's the movie that we got. It's infuriating. And you get Steppenwolf, one of the most forgettable characters. Yeah. Bad guys like, of you've all got, time. You can have Brainiac. Yeah. You can have Darkseid. You can have Despro. Or you've got all of these massive villains. And then you get like Darkseid sidekick. Yeah. So – you know, so, like it's that kind of stuff that's, that's aggravating. But without getting into it too much, but see, that's that's where people can fall, right? So you, you've got people that have never read a comic book in their life. You've got people that have been reading comic books for 34 and a half years, you know? Because uh, right. you weren't born with one, but you picked one up in the crib, right? Is that, oh, yeah. yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, I was very young yeah, when yeah. I started. So yeah. you've got those two people. And so Justice League is a movie that some comic book readers love for their own reasons. You as a hardcore comic book fan do not. And then you have non-comic book people that love it for the action. They get to see all their superheroes team up. They get to see some Zack Snyder action scenes, some explosions, some fighting. Right. And, uh, you know, the CGI stuff that some people don't mind as much where, you know, I'm not a huge CGI guy. But at the end of the day, don't think that these awards affect your enjoyment of a movie in any way. So, no. If you like Transmorphers. Great. There you go. Like what you like, yeah. love what you love, hate what you hate. It doesn't matter. And that's why I have really concluded. Um, I enjoy critically talking about films. I enjoy writing about them, podcasting about them. But what I do not enjoy and what I'm done with is arguing about films because that's art and that's films fair. are completely subjective. And for you to try to argue with someone, let's say you love a film, they hate it or vice versa for you to argue with them is the most pointless thing in the entire world. And so yeah. just stop doing it. People. I mean, you can have, a, I, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in having a discussion. Sure. You know, if you want to have a discussion about mother or get out and mother was a very divisive movie. I think there were some people that were just like, you're too, if you don't get it, you're dumb. <laughs> or you know where there's other where there's the rest of us where it's just like if you like it you're dumb <laughs> um no sorry brad uh but i mean if you can engage in a discussion about it that's awesome like i think that is what film should be you should be able to have a discussion about it if you can't because you feel like you know, for whatever reason, your opinion is more important than somebody else's. Well, then you are the problem. Right. And that's, that's the you main, know? that's the key difference right there. You nailed it. It's discussing and arguing two different things. And, uh, I just, it's, it's, there's no point if, if, if you're not having a sensible, unless you're arguing because of you're on some, if you're part of some kind of a film thesis that you're writing or you're, you know, and you're saying, Oh, this movie does this better technically because of this and the history. Like I maybe can understand that point. But if you're just like, I love justice league, it's great because of blah, 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 blah. And the other person's like, well, no, I hate it because this, that, and the other, like you're never going to convince the other person. So don't put people down because they like, or don't like a movie that you feel the opposite way about you just have to let people have their opinions, love what they love. And, and I'm just sick of people putting each other down because of their opinions. Yeah. It's, I agree. It's, I agree. completely. It's not helping film or the film lovers community as a whole. It's not doing anything, but um, I just, I just hate it. I, you know, I, I just reminds me the other day when I saw someone say that they 
didn't enjoy a movie that I said I loved. And it's like they said, oh, this, that, and the other point about it. And I just, I didn't respond. And it's just like, what? what's the point? What am I going to do? Exactly. Am I really going to convince yeah. them that this movie I love is great because of all these reasons? No. So, no. so uh, I think that's one of the biggest problems we run into with Facebook, Twitter, Reddit. Um, they can be great places, but a lot of times people attack others based on their opinions. And I just, it's crazy that people don't see the point that, that you're not getting anywhere with that kind of thought. No, you're not. And you're not going to. Exactly. So at the end of the day, just, you know, enjoy what it's kind of like, I would think you and I both are big fans of Kevin Smith, right? He, oh, he yeah. doesn't make movies for the masses anymore. No. Right. His, his movies were always a bit out there, but nowadays he's making movies that he loves because he wants to see them made and no one else will do it. Right. So it's kind of the same thing with watching a film. If if you enjoy a film that maybe is critically railed or or most people don't watch, but you enjoy it, go ahead and watch it and champion it and, you know, tell others like yeah. you if if you think they'll be into it, share it with them and uh, you know, don't let people put you down for it. Yeah, dude. Love what, love what you love. Exactly. So, you know, yeah, I totally these agree. are our opinions. We may give critical opinions and we may review movies, but you know, people that agree with us on our tastes can kind of take our you know take our statements for what they're worth and uh you know if you like movies that we like generally then trust it but at the end of the day any movie that we say is garbage is another man's <laughs> favorite movie of the year so uh, exactly so shape of water prime there you go we're obviously in the minority uh so yeah. uh you know any hate letters direct to joe but oh perfect thank you <laughs> so i think that's a good place to stop so uh yeah. i think that 2017 was an amazing year for film it's a good year it was a good year for film. It was a good year for TV. We don't really talk about TV much on the show, but it was also a very good year for TV. It, it was. So uh, I think yeah. I think we're moving in the right direction as far as the films getting made. The the directors, uh, you know, now we're seeing a, a female cinematographer recognized. Yep. I think Hollywood's moving in a good direction, and I think we need to keep going in the right direction and and uh, you know celebrating the diversity of film and and uh, appreciating the love of it. And uh, hopefully, 2018 will be even half the year that 2017 was for movies. Be all right with me. All right. Well, before we end, uh, let's uh, tell the folks where they can find us. Joe, I'll let you go first. Uh, you can follow me on the Twitter at Joey Butts, B-U-T-T-S 21. All right. And I am Kevin. Follow me on Twitter at Kevin R. Brackett. And also, uh, I mentioned ReviewSTL.com. You can go there. We've got uh, some of the friends of the show that write reviews. So you can check out written reviews there. You can check out my reviews and interviews on ReviewSTL.com. Hopefully you enjoy these little .5 episodes where Joe and I can just go off on these, uh, you know. <laughs> A two-hour two-hour tangent. There you go. Yeah. Also, don't forget to hit up the uh, the Facebook group, the uh, Real Spoilers, the League of Show Shares. You can engage in all the conversations there, and um, there's more stuff going on there than maybe uh, some other places. Yeah, that's the great part is that you know if you listen to the show and you enjoy our hour to two-hour take on a film, that's great. But on the League of Show Shares, we get into television, we get into old movies, new movies. We talk about awards. We talk about anything, you you know, anything entertainment, pop culture related. So a lot of discussion right. to be had there. So I think that does it for this episode. Go. So 149.5 is in the books. And uh, the next episode we're going to get is a box office report and review for the movie Hostels with Christian Bale. Hostels, yeah. So uh, not to be confused with uh, Eli Roth's uh, <laughs> infamous Hostel 
series. Yes, please don't go watch that movie. <laughs> I thought you said you were reviewing all the Hostels movies. Uh, <laughs> yeah. or, uh, did they do like a Hostel two? There's at least two. Yeah, there's at least two. That's yes. what I thought. That kind of uh, yes. isn't he responsible for kicking off the torture porn movement? Uh, no, technically that's James Wan. The Saw. Was Saw? Yeah. It's it's interesting. I just I guess maybe I put Saw in a different category because I feel like it was smarter. Because it was. I mean, Saw was had that mystery and that uh, you know it wasn't yeah, the, the Twisterino at the, the end. Twisterino. If you will. Yeah. So there that will do it. That is three forty nine point five. The Oscar talk for twenty eighteen, and uh, we will see you next week for Hostels. See you guys. Thanks for thanks listening. for listening. Goodbye. But there's one song that nobody wants to hear. The song they play. When your acceptance speech has gone on too long. That's the song. That one. And did you know it actually has lyrics? <laughs> this is it. Your time is through. You're boring. <laughs> You're rambling on. No end in sight. You're boring. No need to thank your parakeet. You're boring. Look at Catherine Zeta Jones. She's snoring. You could have rushed up to the stage, but you were lollygagging. They're turning off your microphone. And casting to a commercial for Delta Gold.